Okay, wait. Okay. Shark Tank. Good morning, sharks. Today uh-huh. I'm here to pitch for you Subway, but it's coffee. You walk in and they've got all the ingredients out there. And you like, what's your, what do you want? And you'll be like, coffee or milk or tea. And they'll start with the tea. <laughs> then you like move up six inches and they're like, okay, what kind of flavors do you want? And it's all free. You can put them all in. Uh, and then at the end, there's like a blender. Maybe you Jackson. get to push the button. Maybe you get to blend it yourself. Maybe. I'm pretty sure that's Jackson, how... you can put whatever you want <laughs> That's how coffee, coffee shops work. You just you like... like. No, different drinks are different prices. <laughs> If yeah, you were like, I would like sprinkles on my coffee. They would do that for you. I promise you. <laughs> no, I'm saying okay. it's like the Subway Mod Pizza model of restaurant. Okay. Where everything's just laid out in front of you and you get to pick and choose and there's no added so cost s- for any of the ingredients. <clears throat> so you start with a base. Right. An espresso base. That's probably, but like if you or get tea. an Americano. Exactly. That's the, that's, you're getting espresso and water and water is free. True. Essentially. But then if you're getting a latte, it's espresso and a bunch of milk, and milk costs money. It makes sense that a latte is going to cost more than an Americano. Right, but it's built into your business model. Fucking grilled chicken costs more than lettuce does. (laughs) And tell that to my pizza. I think think this is a good idea, Jackson. I think you just have to go to the fro- (laughs) You have to go to the froyo model. Where like there is, like, depending on what you do, the okay. price is different, but you can put whatever the fuck you want on that bitch. Oh. Coffee by so I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying your base is, you have espresso, there's a surplus if you do, like, a latte, right? That's not or my pay. You're just coming up with a different, worse idea that is what coffee shops already yeah, are. No, I'm trying to pitch something Okay, new. but your yours pitch is, is not going to make money. Keisha, 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 Keisha. When you're you go to throwing my pizza, away what is how much money is it gonna cost you? You're throwing milk okay, away. Okay, but Jackson, Keisha, a big pizza costs pizza. different than a little pizza at mine. Stop! It's not about sizes. You order different sizes of drinks, they'd be different prices. Obviously, you go to my pizza, you pay. There's an entry fee for this pizza. Yes. You can load up on whatever the fuck you want. You can put as much grilled chicken as you possibly want on there. Grilled chicken, a very expensive ingredient. They are, that is all factored into the price of the pizza. A buffet, you don't walk into a buffet and say, like, that's a horrible business model because different foods cost different prices. Obviously, it's factored into the price okay. of the ingredients. Okay, I need to hear the full pitch because I think it's a bad idea so far. Why? What's so bad are you saying, about like, it? Are you saying, okay. Jackson, so because a salad costs different than a pizza. Different drinks are not just different kinds of pizzas. Different things go into it. And also, it's the same amount of labor if you're going all of this chicken, buh, buh, or But if you're doing like, I'm going to get eight shots of espresso, then you're like, you're going bam, bam, set it, grind it, you know, all of those things that it takes to make an espresso shot. Then you're doing that four times, plus steaming milk, whatever. Here's Make what your I'm little saying. flour. Here's what I'm saying. You're, every argument you're telling me is built around uh-huh. different things have a different amount of value inherently <laughs> when you're putting them in a coffee drink, which is true. Yes, okay. So tell but me, give me thing, your full pitch. Because it would be factored pitch. into the, it would probably be like a little bit more expensive. It's all about like playing averages, right? It's how Mod Pizza does it. Mod Pizza. If I'm, okay. The price of, the, the, price of the pizza <laughs> Factors in 
like how much toppings a person might put on it. It's possible that I could go to Mod Pizza and I could make a pizza that would be worth more than the cost I'm paying for it. But the thing is, is that that would be very rare and people are not doing that on the reg. It's all factored in because I'm sure more often than not, people just come in and they buy a cheese pizza. So it evens out. That's how my pizza literally works. Okay? So if I go to a coffee shop, I don't care, Adeline. Some people do. People get two or three toppings on a pizza. So I go into this coffee shop called Jackson's Great Coffee Shop Idea, Sharks, and... (laughs) <laughs> you you are you pay for a coffee it's like five bucks for a 16 ounce coffee okay and you say what do you want in it we could put this in it we could do that to it you pick out different things it's like subway it's like my pizza you go through it's pretty quick when you're done you have the coffee right there ready for you it's all very easy and the price of the drink is factored such that it might be a little bit more expensive than a regular coffee it's true but it would factor in the amount of ingredients that it's possible to put in there, and you're playing an average. The only thing that's going to change is your profit margin on each one, but you're still going to be making money on every coffee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's what I'm. Here's how I feel about this, though. Okay. Like a mod pizza. This is where is a place where if you want a pizza, you're getting it quick and you're getting it fresh. Right. Like that's nice. Yes. If I'm if I walk into this store and I'm 13 year old, one of my middle school students who sees like one of those weird Starbucks TikTok drinks that's like 16 pumps of sweet whatever and like that's probably gonna be worth it but if I'm walking in I want a black coffee with like a splash of oat milk which is usually my order right I'm not gonna go there that's a terrible deal for me well then don't go there I know, but then, so you're not going to get, you're not going to get your leveling out cheese pizza, plain cheese pizza, no piles of chicken. You're only going to get weird TikTok trends. I simply don't think that's true. (laughs) Why? What makes me a black coffee drinker? Why would I go in there for the experience of going through the bar and saying, I don't want anything? First of all, first of all, you're talking as if it wouldn't be very good coffee. First of all. Second of all. <laughs> I just said there's very good coffee. I literally think you're underestimating me. Why would I go there? There's coffee, so much good coffee different everywhere. Different coffee tastes different in different places. Maybe you just like Jackson's good coffee. Fuckhead. Why are you being so mean to me? Okay. So not only that. I'm just, hey, I'm preparing you for your Shark Tank experience. You think Mr. Wonderful is going to be nicer than me? I don't think. I feel like I've expressed my idea quite well. Okay, and I can also, spin around. I can spin around in my chair. Is Shark Tank I like mean, that's the, the voice only thing I would say about a black coffee. You and then they spin around and say, like, your idea. <laughs> but, but. It's the voice. Like, but if you, but most people are not black coffee people. Most people are like, oh, I'll have a mocha. I'll have a. Plus, Keisha, when are you not going to a coffee shop for a black coffee? You don't walk into Starbucks and ask for a black Sometimes. coffee. You get one at like 7 Eleven or whatever. I don't go to Starbucks do, for coffee, period. Yes, they do. Okay, whatever. Well, you're wasting your fucking People money. get coffee. People get coffee. I don't think you know enough about the coffee industry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my name is Adeline McMurray. Welcome to No Dirts Allowed. <laughs> no, we're not done here. On this podcast, we talk about <laughs> movies, we swear. <laughs> Do you you not just think need that to. A you need like a TikTok. You need like a, a TikTok sponsor or something. 
Look, all right. All so right. we've like, been streaming for about so forty have, minutes like, now. You need to do the mod pizza thing. Yes. <laughs> The mod pizza thing where you're like, I recommend a mocha with two pumps of peppermint, one pump of gingerbread, and right. one pump of something and out, of the, got, out of the woods. They've all got fun names. Is that names. still worth $5? You're like, this is the, this yeah. is the, the strawberry Hiroshima. It's <laughs> one shot of espresso <laughs> and nine shots of strawberry with milk in it. And people will be all over it. It's an experience. They're paying for the experience and the variety of the flavors. It's a curated okay. experience. Say your name, Jackson. Menu. Okay, so hey, what's up, guys? My name is Jackson McMurray. Good idea haver. My name is Adeline, and I'm dying inside. And my last name is McMurray. <laughs> What's wrong with you? My name is Keisha Rhodes, and I drink black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and this is No Nerds Allowed. Okay. We're moving on. Hello, well, anyway. We're moving black on in coffee, the podcast, but I will like never move Widow. on. More like Black Widow. Black coffee, more like Black Widow. Um, I said I'd invest. <laughs> I'm repeating you. Okay. <sighs> black Widow today. So mm-hmm. we we were discussing like we were figuring out our uh, our schedule. We sort of realized that like we've been doing this podcast for I guess God like three years now. Because Look. when we recorded our first episode, I think we'd be better at it by now. <laughs> like because, so we've been doing this for a long time, and Adeline and I especially, but you also Keisha, but you weren't there the whole time. That's why I'm not necessarily bringing you into this. Adeline and I. Have always been like big Marvel people, and like you know, in the in the snooty film space, that's not a cool thing to be anymore. But we don't care because, like, <laughs> it was at one point, <laughs> right? Like it we was. we are all we are like so into these Marvel movies and we like them so much, and for some reason, and we're like so great at talking about them. Like in our lives, we often see Marvel movies together, and then. We talk about them forever. Like, we're, like, really invested in this whole thing. And for some reason, for the last, like, three years, we never even considered that we should do a Marvel movie on this podcast as it was coming out. Like, we were doing this show when, like, (laughs) Infinity War, Ant-Man and and the Wasp, Avengers Endgame, (laughs) Spider-Man were all coming out. And we just, like, didn't think to bother. So, I don't know. But we're doing it now. We're jumping in now for Phase I guess 4, I will I guess. also... I mean, you were doing the, like, study in Marvel for a little bit. That's true. Mm. And that w- that might have been, like, a... that. We, are we double dipping? Is right. this a double dip That's mo? true. I think we did think about that. I totally forgot well, about and that. Well, I, and I guess for me, it was I feel more like, like that we, was a combo. People talk about, the, like, Marvel movies so much just on the internet in general. Right. That I thought, like, we don't, we're good. <laughs> like, we can, we can have a discussion about it, but, like, as these things are coming out, especially, I feel like the, like, conversation is just, like, so oversaturated that sometimes it's a little bit better to, like, wait and, like, look back on the conversation right. and be like, okay, here's what people incorrectly said or said a lot and I disagree with or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Because I found that a lot of, like, movie discourse, especially with, like, classic (laughs) movies or, like, beloved movies, is people just misremembering things and then saying that that's how the movie went, (laughs) which is my biggest fucking pet peeve. 
I hate it so much. <laughs> Like, it's it mainly one of the biggest reasons why I hate whenever somebody criti- criticizes a Disney princess movie. Because they just, like, misremember the movie and then project that as mm. fact. And it's just fucking not true. Right. They're like, oh, yeah. fucking Cinderella killed a guy. So I think Disney's pretty problematic. And it's like, fucking no, she did it. That, that rat, he fucking right. dies. So I don't think, I think it's not very feminist of them. And it's like, fucking watch the movie also, and remember in what Cinderella happens too? in it. In Cinderella 2, like, Jacques becomes a human for a little bit. Whoa. And I think he gets, like, a girlfriend and stuff. Is like, he hot? He lives a good life. Is he um, hot? Um, no. Um, it's been a while since I've watched Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True. Right. But Isn't I feel like when I was younger, I was like, damn, he can kind of get it. <laughs> the little like, he was, like, very, like, he was very kind and sweet, you okay. know? Like, I feel like that's my type. You know, so he was like I, was, a I nice, could go for it. He like, didn't look too much like. Like he'd a, be like, you know how Remy would be a handsome man. He's like that. <laughs> Isn't it. that He's just a nice, Eric polite little rat boy? He wasn't. He wasn't hot, but he was sweet. He okay. was cute. But Kate, I feel Kate, like or, we're having a really hard Keisha, time. With this the is the baker right erasure. Um, what about the baker who falls in love with Anastasia? That's well. That's a. That's a. That he's not a mouse though. That's a different but he is part. He's an segment. adorable big man, there, and I love him. He is yes, yes. He is also another. You're like mm 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 mm. Maybe if I get this cake decorating job, maybe I'll be the sweet baker. There you go. That's the goal. <laughs> I feel like we cannot properly start a conversation about Black Widow with. At not first addressing the fact that Disney once again wants to take $30 of my hard-earned money to watch their thing. $30 on top of the $10 subscription fee. They want to take $40 out of the mouths of my children so that I can watch their fun I new mean, Marvel movie. And it's You could it's have just atrocious. taken a bus to the movie theater. I will no, say. I couldn't, because I don't know how the bus system works here, Jackson. <laughs> it's so easy. But okay. also, you know, now your parents can watch it. You can watch it again if you Straight want to. I can watch it again. And you would probably want to, time. because... I think I would have to watch it nonstop until my rental period expired in order for it to be worth the amount of money that I had to pay for oh. it. It actually... The Disney rentals don't expire. You get to have it forever. That's true. Okay. So that is actually That's kind of better. enhances the value for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, better. At but least, you know, it is accessible until it becomes 30 accessible American to dollars. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Adeline, you were telling you were telling us how much you really you really like this movie. And I, I think I do that, really like, love this movie. In general like in general the three of us are not tired of the whole Marvel thing in the way that a lot of other people are like like there are certain things that that like are obviously like shortcomings of the marvel universe but they're always they're like things we sort of accepted moved on from you know and yeah it's like i don't know i I just feel like i need to like defend the fact that we like still really like and stick up for almost all of these movies and yeah (laughs) maybe it's just like me being too online feeling like i have to have to express myself that way but like yeah, go touch some grass jackson it's okay yeah maybe i need to touch some grass but uh like this movie i think to me it just like really and completely solidly works 
I it didn't like really exceed oh, my yeah. expectations. It didn't it didn't disappoint me. I was just like I walked in, I sat down, and I watched Scarlett Johansson do her good thing for slightly less. That was one thing that did impress me. It was shorter than I was expecting, which I did like. Oh yeah, it, but it felt longer. like just, just right. Just I didn't even felt like just hours. right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like, I didn't think that, that we were being like, super quick about yeah. anything. It didn't feel like anything was dragging yeah, on. It just felt like, yeah, we did it, and we did what we wanted to do, and this is how much time that it took. That's <laughs> like, great, excellent. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I really liked the movie. I thought it was, like, it felt fun. It was, like, it was funny. There was a lot of heart to it. Oh, so much. Like, Florence Pugh can just, like, do no wrong yeah, in my true. eyes, and... She has not so far, and she just freaking murdered this part <laughs> really so good. Well, that's the thing. Like, that is the thing that, like, literally is the key to Marvel's success is how, like, Marvel is really and truly, like, an actor's franchise in a way that, like, no other franchise ever really has been. And, like, the, the bedrock that the... Marvel Universe is built on is just how smart their casting directors are, you know? Because, like, it just seems like every time they're able to pluck just the perfect people to play different characters out of nowhere. And, like, I mean, not out of nowhere. Like, they're obviously successful actors already. But, like, they can always just, like, pick out the perfect people at just the right time. And everything just fucking fits together, and the characters, like, always, always have great chemistry, and, like, they're written in such a way that their characters are really, really, like, bright and come through really cleanly. And, like, across every Marvel project, even the ones that don't really work, that is, like, the thing that they have never, ever not completely nailed, I think. It's just, like... Casting yeah. great people to do good jobs and give fun performances in cool roles. Like, that is the bare mm. minimum of what a Marvel movie is doing, no matter what happens. Yeah. I Maybe, like, Kevin Feige just has, like, a little secret superpower where he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Chris Pratt as Star-Lord. Right. This is gonna Let's make millions! <laughs> like, the guy from Parks and Rec, you know Let's Gwen go! Who's gonna play... <laughs> Did you know Glenn Howerton was going to play Star-Lord? I feel like I did. Yeah. Which would have been weird. so fucking I saw fucking that at some different. point. Like, that would be bad. It would I have think, been... I don't want to say I, it would be I bad. I think Glenn it would Howerton. just be a different movie. Like, I think that would be a, a yeah, very it'd be different a movie. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Yeah. Going yeah, into... It's just, I feel like the, like... Our oh, I was going to say, like, the, like, lightheartedness again. of Star-Lord. We love lag. We love it. Shout out to lag. Okay. I'll, I'll just um, let's tell some Black Widow facts. They're scary. Fun fact: Black Widow spider is the only spider to have nine legs. Fun fact: That's The not, Black Widow not true. is has so much poison in its body that it could kill ten rhinoceri, but it has a mouth that's so small that it cannot bite a rhinoceros. That's not true. It wouldn't uh, even kill me. A Black Widow wouldn't even kill black, me if I went to a hospital. The black. The Black Widow. Fun fun fact. The Black Widow um, was the first spider to uh, appear in a Disney Channel original movie. Um, fun fact. It's probably The Black true. Widow is named after um, a Black oh. Beauty, the horse. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I feel like those were pretty those good were fake solid. facts that fake? I just came up with off the top of my head, though. Keisha, right? Did you just oh, go on the no. internet and tell lies? <laughs> yeah, I, as I was saying them, I was typing them and publishing yeah. them on Reddit. So, but those are just and everywhere theories. Everywhere Reddit is a source of truth. Those. <laughs> These are my black widow. <laughs> we just go theories on Marvel's Black Widow, and you're just like, do you think guys like if a Black Widow bit you, you, you would think, actually like, die? Could, like if you like didn't go to the hospital though, if you just like sat around. Yeah, you're like, what if it was like ten Black Widows all at once? Then I think our lag is better. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I disconnected my hard drive, and that seems. Yeah, it seems to help a little bit, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to troubleshoot a little bit later. But um, so, OK, I wanted to ask, have all three of you guys, how much have you guys been keeping up with the Disney Plus shows? Not even a little bit. Also, you just <laughs> included yourself. <laughs> you included yourself into the all three of you guys count, which oh, made me laugh. Okay. I'm sorry. No, that's right. But <laughs> I I've seen two episodes of Loki. Mm. Um. I did not pay very good attention to uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So then when Julia Louis-Dreyfus showed up, spoiler right. alert, at the end of this movie, I was like, hey, but then I couldn't oh, remember what no she did. I had no clue who she was, so that's <laughs> so, my bad. Yeah, she's a Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, okay, here's what I'll say, because I've been keeping up. I, I, I love all these Disney Plus shows. I think that, like, with a, I, I'm a little bit unimpressed by Loki, and... With a little bit of distance, like, WandaVision, I think was, like, a really fun experience, like, while it was going on. But at the end of the day, I thought that, like, all the non-sitcom stuff just felt really plain to me. And it, like, I didn't think it, it just was, like, that great of a mystery. Because it... Yeah, it wasn't the same energy. And, like, it tried to be, like, a mystery. And you, like, kind of knew what was going on, like, from the beginning. It's, just, like, kind of an obvious premise, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier fucking rules so hard. I'm, like, obsessed with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, if I were gonna do, like, a new ranking of, like, Marvel stuff, you can't even just say movies anymore, because now I'm talking about TV shows, but, like, it would probably be, <laughs> like, you know, Winter Soldier, Iron Man 3, Infinity War, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Because I think, like, oh. it is... Is the only one that doesn't... I feel like these TV shows really are are bogged down by their slightly lower budgets than a movie in the big, goopy CGI stuff, you know? And I think that... It's not only that it doesn't, like... Not, not to say that it doesn't look good, but I think that those kinds of sequences are really hard to do. And when you're trying to do them on a TV budget and on a TV time frame just like the onset experience has got to be pretty rough and pretty rushed and pretty like hard to do. So I think that it's not even necessarily that like, it doesn't look good. It's just like whenever people are like running around in like CGI landscapes or whatever, it just, the performances feel a little less interesting and like <clears throat> the direction feels like mm-hmm. it sort of, sort of, you know, denigrates and like all these things like don't quite do that. But Falcon and Winter Soldier is, like, so tight and so great, and there's none of the big CGI whatever. I mean, there is a little bit, like, when he's, like, flying and some of the action sequences and stuff. But, like, I think that that series, like, really and truly, like, has, 
like I guess I should I shouldn't be talking too much about it because I did talk about it pretty in depth in that video I made. But like it feels like it has like something to say more than like any of the other ones do. It's like really like about like real world issues in a way that these Marvel movies usually aren't. And like I just think it feels great and I love the production design and I think you know, it's just the perfect Marvel thing of, like, casting yeah. the perfect people to do perfect <laughs> things. And, like, Wyatt Russell's so great, and what's his name? Zemo. Uh, Daniel Brühl is so great, and, like, obviously, like, Anthony Mackie and, and Sebastian Stan are great, but just, like, everybody's killing it, and I think it's so great. Um, uh, but I guess, I don't know, I just wanted to check in and, like, see see what you guys are feeling about it, but it sounds like you haven't really That's, been watching yeah. much. I... That's what's interesting is that I literally, I just talked to Elon, friend of the podcast, who's driving to a wedding right now. Right. So maybe he's listening, maybe he's not. But we went and saw Black Widow together last night. And then we talked a little bit about the like Marvel TV shows that have been coming out because mm -hmm. we're both really pumped about What If. Like, right, I feel like yeah. What If was one of my selling points for just Disney Plus as a whole. Yeah, I was like, absolutely. oh, dip, I got to see that. But, for, like, he said that Loki, like, is, if they stick the landing, like, that is the best thing that Marvel's done for a while. <laughs> right. Like, that's what he said to me last night. And I feel that way about, like, WandaVision, like, with its flaws, I feel like it was just so different and so oh, unique yeah. right. and, like, hit my, my sensibilities that I was like, I literally, I don't even, like, feel that compelled to go out and watch these other ones because I love this one so much. Like, it <laughs> right. struck me so differently so it is cool that like all of these shows like have like very like excited people behind mm -hmm. them like yeah, everyone yeah. like it reaches lots of different people i mean that's the thing that we've talked so, about on this yeah. show before like part of the magic of these marvel movies is that it they really do strike different people in different ways because like almost any like major franchise you can like talk to somebody and there's just sort of, like, a general idea of, like, you know, which ones are the good ones and which ones are the bad ones, you know? And, like, you know, you talk to somebody, like, oh, obviously, like, Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 are good and all the rest of them are kind yeah, of bad. Yeah, love Thor 2. And, like, you know, everybody Big loves Thor 2. Big Thor 2, dark, the Dark World fan. But, you know, there's, like, a shape. Like, Star I like Wars. Thor 2. Yeah. But, like, you talk about Star Wars, you talk about Alien, you talk about, you know, all these things. Like, the ones that people like and the ones that people don't like are usually you can line up with, like, 90% of people. But, like, Marvel movies and Marvel TV shows, these projects, because they all have such a strong, like, baseline competency, it always just, like, comes down to which ones people, like, really, really vibe with, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, it feels like every person you talk to has, like, totally wild, totally varying differences and like, which of these things they get really excited about. Because, like, me personally, I really love, like, the Russo Brothers, Avengers, and Captain America movies. But I know that a lot of people fucking hate those. <laughs> they think those yeah. are like the most boring. Oh the my most god, that's like the that's like the them. cold take is to be like fuck the Russo brothers. Not like, but they do good. They right. did yeah. a good job with those characters. Yeah. They, I like it. Yeah, I like. Yeah, we'll be like, I hate the Russos, but oh, I was a real. I loved Avengers: Infinity War, and you're like, well, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. <laughs> right. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't. You wanna? Who's the captain of the ship? <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> And yeah, and you know, it's like some people, some people are more excited about Guardians of the Galaxy than some other people, and like, 
there are like Iron Man three is a weirdly polarizing movie that some people don't like and some people love and like and it's good. these movies all have their own like they all have their own <laughs> weird like cult followings in a way like I don't know it's such an interesting <laughs> franchise in that way. Yeah, my grandpa has he's ninety four. I've talked about him before. Uh-huh. Um, and he just like he's at that point where. He likes what he likes, and he doesn't. He'll. Tr- he's like, I just don't understand why everyone likes the Marvel movies. I don't like any of them. <laughs> and my uncle also is like, I don't get why people like them. And my dad just went, Iron Man, <laughs> Iron Man. Right. <laughs> and then he was like, Iron Man's great. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> like he was just like, I think you're literally the only two people in the world who don't like. <laughs> A Marvel movie, right, like there's yes. not Single one, one. Yeah. where like where you're like where you're like I didn't like Black Panther because I didn't understand why they went to Asia halfway through. <laughs> like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like that's a t- that's a dumb reason not to like a movie. Yes. <laughs> not being able to understand what's happening because you're 94. Fair enough. It's not the fair movie's enough. fault. <laughs> but, You've seen what you need to see. Right. And like you know, it, it's just sort of the thing where it's like. Because this movie, to me, is, like, the perfect, like, indicator of, like, how, like, a really baseline Marvel movie. Indicator? Well, just, like, it's, like, a, it's, like, the perfect, like, benchmark for, like, a Marvel movie, you know? It's, like, oh, you know, it's a beloved character that you really like. It's, like, a bunch of... It was just funny that you said... (laughs) You just said indicator, like... (laughs) Indicative? Indicator? Or something? Is that an indicator? I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, indicator. indicator. <laughs> it's a word. But, indicator. But, sorry, I'm sorry. I, I don't care. Uh, but it's like you know. I mean, like I said, like inspired casting, fun writing, kind of funny. You know, it has like characters that really jump off the screen. You can like instantly become involved in these like new people. Really sets up and like builds the world in a cool way. But it also is you know a little bit goopy, and every once in a while, Scarlett Johansson turns into a CGI person for a minute. And you're like, uh, I don't know about that. And like the, the fight choreography is like not all yeah. the way there hundred percent of the time. And it's just like, you know, very basic. Like there's a helicarrier at the end and there's something falling out of the sky and they punch each other, you know. You don't think and, that's dope as shit? You know, it's like that when she's take, like coming like out exactly, of the building as exactly it's exploding and falling apart. It's like the end of a castle in the sky. And when <laughs> Right. And when she's like falling and she like Gets the parachute on Yelena, her sister, and oh, and then she's and then that cyborg. Oh no! And Taskmaster right. and the cyborg comes. Yes. That's pretty fun. That's see, I was all my and I like that fight scene where they're both choking each other out with their fun. curtains. <laughs> right, that yeah, that's really that fun. Is good. My big fear coming into this movie is that well, first of all, we should have had a Black Widow movie maybe ten years ago. <laughs> is Thing number one. Right. Because it's, like, the first time we're having a female superhero lead in the MCU. And it's after we've done everything we want with the main story. And now we're just having fun with our characters. Now that's when she gets to be the lead. So it's, like, in in that sense, I think it's, like, a little bit uh, too little too late when it comes to, like, feminism in the MCU. My my big fear was that this whole movie was just going to be the one scene from Endgame where all the women are standing in the one frame together. That's what I thought the whole movie was going to be. Like, yeah, look at us. We have 
uh, women. Like, Look girls at the women. stick together. I and this is a good fine. clip to show. You guys are mean, too mean. I know. I like that scene too, too, but I thought that was going to be the I whole thing. Where it's just like that very performative right. lack of anything really my, going on. Just my like, problem, like women. <laughs> yeah. My problem with that scene is that A, it happens in Infinity War also. There are just fewer women in that movie where. All, the women that are there for the Infinity War battle, um, are they uh, all group up and fight the one woman Thanos daughter? But that's at least there. that right. felt yeah. more natural and while they were doing that. And if, no, that felt more like yeah, this is just the people. But who it's are still around. like very obvious. So okay, so you. But it's still like oh, it just happens to be all the women, and then when they did it again, but they're it was like how is Peter Parker gonna do it? He's all alone, and they're like. He's not alone. He's got us, the heroes, and they just pan to all the women. It just feels like unnatural. I don't. It feels like I don't know. It feels unnatural. It feels like they're pandering. It feels like they're like like I don't know. Like they're like because women are also girl bosses. Yeah. I mean, I just don't like. Also, I'm I'm like, I miss I smoke before be, because I forgot about pedantic. Captain Marvel. But can you blame me for forgetting about Captain Marvel? <laughs> Well, yeah. No, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, this is the first movie that is directed solely by a woman. Because they pulled the weird move mm-hmm. where it was, like, a a, mm-hmm. a man and a woman directing team to do Captain Marvel. Which is, like, I don't know. It's such a weird thing because it's, like, We're how much do you choose to value We're going to make sure there's someone there to, to help her. Well, but it's yeah. not that because they're, like, a directing team who's worked together before. They're, like, a duo that are established. Mm-hmm. But, like... And it's this weird thing where it's, like, these are creative fields, and you have to be, like, you gotta, like, weigh, like, how you want to to fulfill this role, and, like, what, you know, how you present that to the world versus, like, the people you're interested in and the people who have interesting visions, you know? So it's, like, how do you... I don't know, I just think about it a lot. Like, the decision to have it be, like, a man and woman team as opposed to just, like, hiring a woman, um... And there was some drama on this movie, too, because, you know, one of the things that's kind of well-documented about um, Marvel movies is that when they approach directors, they have some sequences planned out already. You know, like, you don't necessarily... (laughs) When you're a Marvel director, you don't have, like, complete control over everything because Marvel has an in-house team of, like, storyboard artists and, like, graphic designers who are like, so we're thinking about Black Panther 2. Let's just riff. Maybe he's in a casino Here's what the colors and they are do be. this and they just like storyboard yeah what the colors are gonna be they storyboard an action sequence and they're like and so then they approach somebody and they're like what's up uh taika waititi you can have like oversight on the script and you could do all these things but just a heads up like we're starting pre-production on this sequence already <laughs> like whatever you do you gotta make sure he ends up here so we could do this you know um and it was just and the, the reason i bring it up is because that was like one of the weird like Twitter dramas that happened while they were figuring out this movie because there was another female director they approached. I can't remember who it was. I don't think it was Kathy Yan, but um, who who turned it down because and then she did like a very public interview about it afterwards because she said like they had all these things ready for me and I didn't like that. Like if I were going to do this, I would want to be in charge of the action, you know? And a lot of people who just, like, didn't know that that's the way Marvel has always done these things just, like, took that to mean that 
they didn't think a woman could direct action, so they did it for her already, you know? They just, like, didn't let her mm-hmm. do action because they didn't think a woman could handle it, which is just, like, not the truth, <laughs> you know? They mm-hmm. just don't, they don't trust any director well, to do yeah. that because they have their own in-house guys. But, like, yeah. it's just, it, it's one of those odd situations where it's, like, we... I I forgot what the end of my end of what my point that I was circling was, but it's just. I think it's it's like one of those times where, oh, yeah, er, like ahead, people get me. mad, like they get mad because they want more women to be directing, right. but they're like channeling it only at this one movie instead of just like right, yeah. as a whole, and then you don't care afterwards. Like people, yeah, it's like yeah. the same where like. If one celebrity does like blackface or yellowface, they'll people will get mad yeah. for like ten minutes, and they'll be like, and they'll be like, oh, classic! You didn't have a black person direct Black Panther two, like of course, and then you don't get mad that like for the rest of the three hundred and sixty four days of the year that like it is just as much a problem that people of color are not directing movies. It's right. just as much a problem that women aren't like directing a proportionate amount of movies that are being made, right. especially like big blockbuster movies. So it's, it seems, it feels similar to like the, in the Heights, like clapback that happened right. where like not enough, like, like dark skinned Latino people were in the movie, right. which is true. But when you're only channeling at it at this, like small fraction of like already underrepresented people, right. then like, and instead of just, keeping like if you care about this then like care about it all the time right. instead of just like getting mm-hmm. mad at something that was already created and, and it's like, i feel balance. like that's what um it's another thing of the I'm like from you yeah it's another thing of like hating being so critical of things that are made by the people that are trying to get more representation to that just like kills everything that that person is trying to do like it's like, oh, it's this movie with Latina representation made but like by people who like know what it's like to be Latina and Latina people are all involved. But they didn't do it right, so we have to cancel it. So we're gonna stop any chance of them doing any good because they didn't do it exactly how we wanted it to do. Or like we have a female director, right. but she doesn't do she it's not feminist enough. She doesn't do blah 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 enough. So we're gonna cut it off at the head <laughs> and we're not gonna right. let her do anything anymore. It's like so you're so critical of the thing that you want to like the thing that you want to help and the thing that you want to boost, but you're so critical of it that nobody wants to do it anymore. Like, it, this is a classic thing with, like, uh, like indie gay things. It happens all the time with, like, TV shows and video games. If the representation isn't perfect, it just gets annihilated on the spot and it never gets to be anything because it wasn't yeah. perfect. And I think that mindset, just for anything, is just super harmful. And it's... Because and I think we're we're moving in a really good direction with that as far as Marvel movies go. Because like, you know, I think about Captain Marvel, and I think that the fact that it's the first female superhero and it's d- the first one directed by a woman, it feels like that movie has a fucking gigantic chip on its shoulder a lot of the time about it. You know, like oh, there absolutely. are things that work about that movie. And I don't hate that movie, but that's Lit- like an well, they literally of it you can't have a whole past. chip on her shoulder sequence. Yeah, yeah, and like. 
it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I wish you would have just played this straight and treated this like any other movie. I feel like that would have been better. But now that we've like moved past that, mm-hmm. we got that like, mm-hmm. you know, first one, the big important one that's going to, you know, be the uh, Rosetta Stone for female whatever, at least as far as they can tell. Now it like doesn't feel like quite as big mm-hmm. of a deal. Like Kate Shortland directed oh, Black Widow. People have like mentioned it, and you know it is like a point of interest, but it's not it's not something that feels like something that's really important. And the the movie does doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it thinks that way, you know. Like it does, it certainly does have like a feminist streak and like speaks to to like and then it's really better particular. Because of that. Yeah, yeah, and it, you know it speaks to very particular women's issues in a lot of different ways, but. It does. It doesn't feel like it has a chip on its shoulder, you know. And I think, like, now that we're moving forward, like now that we've got it... Chloe Zhao on Eternals, it's like it's by the time we get there, when it's like you know the third one, when it's like this thing, and not only the fact that Chloe Zhao has just like really established herself as an auteur just in her own right, outside of any other you know political factors, like I by the time we get to Eternals, I doubt very much that we're going to be dedicating a lot of energy to the fact that it's directed by a woman outside of, you know, people having discussions about it like we are, you know? So I, I just think it's, it, and I it's feel like, only going to get better as this thing chugs along. Yeah. And I feel like I don't want to have a four hour podcast where we don't even talk about the Black Widow movie at all. Like what happens in the movie and stuff <laughs> like that. Cause what I love right. about this movie is that it is very much a feminist movie. Like, it passes the Bechdel test. There's so many women in this as villains, as heroes, as flawed, complicated characters. And that's what's awesome. Is that, like, the mom character? Yeah. She is such a good character. I like her so much. She is, like, such, like... I I Just, like, she's so, like, complicated and kind of, like, lives in this gray area and she, like, kind of redeems herself. In the same way that Black Widow is always kind of navigated that the point is supposed Mm -hmm. to be is that she's very much a bad person who is trying to be a good person and like what does that mean and does that even matter i think it's a really compelling story and to talk about that with female characters is just really good especially because marvel has i was gonna say marvel has a streak but it's not really a streak when your only other example is captain marvel of like having like the flawless strong woman (laughs) so to be exploring these characters that are very morally gray and also women is just awesome yeah because what I was, my original point. Well, yeah, I think that like. Oh. I'm sorry, <laughs> my original point was that it wasn't just oh, about okay. sexism. Uh, to be fair, I have not seen Captain Marvel yet in full length, but I've just heard people talking about it since the second that it came out. So I feel like I can have opinion about it, and yeah. if I'm wrong, feel free to tell me. But like, <laughs> it feels like it's just kind of like about sexism like you don't like people look down on you because you're a girl and that's it that's what the movie's about am i right in saying that Mm -hmm. i mean i wouldn't say it's not like textually about sexism but it is very much like it kind of is she like like in the plot nobody's like telling her she can't do things because she's a girl but it's very much about this spunky young girl who's constantly being told what to do and she's gonna no. fly in the face of everything yeah. and reject the authority and you know do what she wants and not play by people's rules you know in a way that's not like literally textually mm-hmm. about sexism but is clearly a response to sexism yeah. you know and is just about like, yeah i mean it, it. yes 
I mean, and I, and also when she's in the Air Force, like they literally are like, oh, you can't do the the training because you're a girl. You just fell because you're not strong enough because right. you're a girl. Like they do. Mm-hmm. That does happen. I like I think that such a big win for Black Widow is that their main character is likable, but is also fallible. Mm-hmm. Like that is right. with like. Like, Wonder Woman, I really loved Wonder Woman. I liked it. I liked it. It was somewhere between like and love. Right. Where I was so happy. And I feel like she like she was for sure the strongest. Like, she was just like, there, like the, she wasn't going to lose any battles. But it felt like she still had growth. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Captain Marvel, I felt like they were like, wow, she's the best and she's the strongest and even when she's when she has that little chip on her she's way stronger than everybody and take that everybody she's got something to prove and that i just like that doesn't that's not relatable that Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like that's not a story that i want to hear but when black widow who is like super strong and capable and like really cool Mm -hmm. and still like falters and fails and like kicked out loses a couple of times Mm -hmm. like when yeah. when when she's like trying to kill him like over and over again, <laughs> right? That's good stuff. Like that's that that's awesome. that's great. Mm-hmm. And then and and her whole thing isn't just like I'm a woman and I have to prove myself. Yeah. Like she is like wrestling with what it means to like lose a family and find your identity in like brokenness. Like she's wrestling with the fact that like her redemption included something that like was horrible like was like she thought she murdered someone Mm -hmm. which is like that and like being able to forgive herself and like learn from it and change from it like that's amazing Mm -hmm. like that's something that you see in other superhero movies that's a that's a total tony stark move (laughs) to like see how wrong you are in something and change but like that's that's a huge like and it's it's across the board with like superhero girls right now like in supergirl i watched that show for four seasons and i stopped because every because i wanted it to be good and i love (laughs) melissa benoist because she was on glee she's just like i didn't like i didn't like supergirl at all i watched four seasons and then i just called it quits i couldn't take it No, no, no. I did like it. I okay, liked okay. it at first. I because I wa- I'm like I was excited and at first she was like I I don't know, like I'm getting used to being a superhero and then as time went on, it was more about like oh, you're nothing like everyone always talks about your cousin, but you're so great. Superman is nothing compared to you. You're so strong compared to Superman. Right. And like she would just never be mm-hmm. wrong about anything. Yeah. Like she would just always be right. Like the whole like whatever the arc of the season was, it, she would know from the beginning this person's bad or this thing is bad. Yeah. And I'm going to be proven right at the end of but the time. But then somebody would tell her no. And like like and literally society would say she could. <laughs> yeah, I'm like like I'm sick of that. Like yeah. I like it when your main character is wrong at some point and learns things. Yeah. Like that's cool. Yeah. No, yeah, so, I mean that's the see, whole thing. Just yeah, like my, treat it like any other movie. My my original point was that Captain Marvel was very much like just kind of about sexism versus what I liked about this movie is that it felt way more feminist but, like, weirdly more complicated. Like, this movie is literally about human trafficking. Right. It's about the abuse of young girls and how society treats young women that it doesn't think are have any value. It's literally about bodily autonomy and about, like, birthing rights and stuff yeah. like that. Like, this movie is so much more, like, topical and politically motivated and, like, actually has 
like something to say about feminism, even if it is under the guise of being a superhero movie. Right. Versus, I just, I don't think Captain Marvel has a lot to say other than girls can do it too. Yeah. And I think this movie has to say, like, being a woman's fucked up sometimes, and there's a lot of problems with it. We're gonna address some of it in, like, kind of a heightened way, but, like, yeah. we're still talking about some messed up things. Like, it's kind of a joke that it's, like, they're very... The way that they play with, like, the family dynamic of, like, the shitty dad and the shitty mom and the two kids yeah. is just, like, so perfectly and beautifully done. Right. That where the shitty dad's mm -hmm. like, oh, are you on your period? And they turn around and they're like, oh, actually, we don't have uteruses anymore because they're, like, obviously trying to make him uncomfortable. Right. But, like, that seat... Where they're like, oh, yeah, no, the people that you sent us to, they fucked us up. They literally, like, tore our uteruses out. We don't have them. It wasn't our choice. This happened to us without our consent. Like, it's it's messed up, and we kind of play yeah. it off as a joke, but at the same time, there is a truth there that's right. really horrible and based in reality, because that happens to women, and it's just, yeah. Like, this movie just has so much more to say than I feel like right. Captain Marvel did. I think, like, the thing about this movie is that, like, the real, real meat of it is, like, the four of them, like, interacting with each other. And I feel like... Because mm -hmm. that stuff all rules. Like, especially that whole sequence when they're, like, having their dinner... Like, you're just, like, oh, yeah. enthralled. You're like, this is great. Like, Rachel... <laughs> the cast of fucking Rachel Weisz, Florence Pugh, David... Or, uh... David Harbour? Harbour. Is it David? Is that his first yeah. name? Okay. David yep. Harbour and, and <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, like, having this, like, sit-down dinner scene where they're all Russian sleeper cells. is <laughs> like, that's great! That's yeah. fucking incredible! And it's one of those things where it's like, I kind of feel like... That is where the movie was, like, really, really, really humming. And I felt like a lot of the action sequences kind of fell flat for me. I thought they were all... Because, like, you know, these You didn't these like movies... the part where they're breaking him out of jail and the avalanche happens? Yeah, yeah. That's... I think that... That's good. That's good. That's dope as hell. But, like, I was expecting was, this. Yeah. It's trying to kind of, like, you know... All these, all these, like, grounded, like, espionage, like, Marvel movies are... Feel like they're kind of riffing on, like, you know, like a Bourne movie or something. But, like... There was not enough, like, combat for me. Like, I was expecting a lot more, like, choreography. Mm. And it tends to be a lot more of, like, big buildings and people flying around and they're going out the airplane. Like, just that, like, big, like, large-scale action sequences mm -hmm. that I just are harder to get into in these kinds of Marvel movies because they feel so animated and goopy and, and, you know, like, not very tactile. You know, like, I wanted this to be, like, grittier and mm -hmm. lower down and punchier than it actually ended up being. That was kind of like the biggest thing I was kind of disappointed by. I, I feel like I didn't have too much of a goop problem. Like I I feel I like a lot of the, the sequences I really liked like when the like uh, mind controlled widows were chasing after Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson and they and like they're chasing across those the roofs of the buildings and Budapest right. and <laughs> when they like take down that tower and it falls and she like grabs onto yeah. them. Like that was pretty, that was pretty sick. Right, that was right. pretty sick. Like, I feel like I can See, pick I out say, a lot of memorable like action scenes from this movie. And oh, I was like, like that was awesome. Like, yeah. It felt like really unique and like fun to watch. Right. Like, so. Mm -hmm. So what I was going to say is, Jackson, I wanted probably the exact opposite of what you wanted, because I've said this, I've said this a million times, but I, I think Wonder Woman is never going to be good until they can let a female superhero be silly. 
Because if we've learned anything from Thor, is that Thor was boring as shit until we let him be silly, and then Thor 3, Thor Ragnarok fucking slaps, and it's awesome, and it's silly, and it's wonderful. And, of course, with the trend with superhero movies, especially female superhero movies, is that they're, we're not allowed to be silly yet. We have to be, we have to be imperf- we have to be perfect, infallible, and we have to be super serious and super, like, straight-faced. Like, that's right. the, that's the female superhero. And I feel like this is the closest that we have gotten to a silly female superhero. Because right. we've, Florence like, like you can have one- <laughs> She's so silly. Yeah. Well, you can have you can have one-liners as a female superhero, and that's like it. But then Black Widow and her sister just like f- annoying the shit out of each other right. and yelling at their dad is so funny. Right. It's so good, and it's it is silly. Like they do silly things sometimes. Like when they're talking about her vest, yeah. and she's that like, "I love it. Bit. It's got a lot of pockets." Yeah. Well, yeah. I knew you liked it. Like, that, it's so good. You don't have to take that out to add more punching in, though. That's just my thing. I wanted more punching. And, like, <laughs> I really feel like... I, liked, Jackson I just like like women to get balance. punched. Write that down. Punch, yeah. Write that down. I do. No, I'll stand by that, because I've said this on the podcast before. One of the biggest things that bugs me about, like, action movies, like, combat-centric action movies, is that whenever they have female characters, they never let them... Like, get beat up. Like, these big franchises like John Wick... Like, John Wick 3 is, I think, the best example of this. When, like, Halle Berry shows up. And that is a franchise that is built around watching Keanu Reeves and his allies get the fucking shit kicked out of them. Right? Like, that is part of the, like, language mm-hmm. of that series is, like, watching people take damage and see how they continue to fight even though they've been shot and stabbed and either piss and blood and, I don't know, whatever. And, like, Halle Berry in that whole sequence has, like, these dogs that she fights with, and no one ever, like, lands a punch on her. She doesn't get hit, she doesn't ever get hurt, like, she just, like, beats them all, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not like it's not a cool sequence, but it's, like, it feels like something because, like, she's the only, like, major female in that movie, and Mm -hmm. she's just, like, untouchable. And I think it's so much more interesting to let people Mm -hmm. get punched, so I'll say that first and foremost. The other thing that I wanted to get at about wanting more punching is that, um... Like, Taskmaster is a character Mm -hmm. who is, like, built around a very specific gimmick, which is that he can, like, perfectly physically mimic anyone's fighting style in such a way that he is always unbeatable in hand-to-hand combat, right? That's, like, his shtick. He's, like, a perfect mimic. And... You know, I, I, I don't mm-hmm. mind, you know, like, all the different things they do with Taskmaster in this movie, having her, having him be the daughter instead, and, you know, the way that, you know, plot point plays out, I think, is all great. Wait, but they... I will say, not enough burn not enough burn victim for me, though, fair. personally. Also I could have used much more burn. Needs, need to be just a little bit gross. Sorry. Yeah. That's, um, that's my only tangent for that. <laughs> right. But, like, I don't feel like we see Taz... And they, like, set that up. They, like, tell you that, like, yeah, she's a perfect mimic. She can download information on all her enemies or whatever. But except for that, like, one shot where they, like, both get up and, like, turn in exactly the same way, there is, like, no moment at which Taskmaster is, like, doing anything cool or interesting or, like, gets to show off, like, their whole bit. You know, it feel it feels like a waste of potential to have. They do strike the dynamic poses of all the other Avengers, though, and that's very fun. Like when she does the Black Panther thing, or like when she keeps throwing stuff like Captain America. I had like the had Hawkeye's arrows and stuff. Like I, I feel like I feel like like you definitely see like Black Widow get punched 
like the hell out of this movie. Like she she's bruised and bloody, and right. like Florence Pugh's arm is like all torn up, and like literally the main antagonist of the movie punches her in the face over and over right, again right. until she falls to the ground. Like that's not bad. I feel like yeah, Taskmaster probably could have been a little better. Like they could have like I feel, I would have preferred it if Taskmaster got away, and like that was a setup for like potential sequels right. or just like I like it when not all but of the But that's just Winter are, Soldier again though. I yeah, that's true. I just like it when all not, I just like it when a movie's like all of the ends aren't tied up. I just think right. it's a lot more and I know that all of those widows yeah. are still out there, but like it's it's a lot more fun when they're like Ugh. yeah. They got and I also and honey, we I, do have yeah. to it is, it is in the middle. a little bit with this yeah. one. Yeah, just because yeah. where it is in the timeline <laughs> right, like yeah. we have Infinity War that we have to do after this. But, but there's like, a lot. I there's was a, gonna a say, whole snap <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. There's time. But I was going to say, when it comes to punching women, <laughs> I think that there is like a... It, you definitely have to like be careful with it because I think if you get... You should punch women because you should be treating them like action heroes, and action heroes get punched. They should be getting beat up just as much as the men. But on the other hand, first of all, people do surveys about this all the time for, like, video games and movies and stuff. People get real uncomfortable when women get hurt, and they should because domestic violence. But, like, it, it does make people way more uncomfortable when a woman is visibly hurt versus when a man is visibly hurt, so that's a part of it. And I do feel like if you hurt a woman too much, it feels like you're doing it just to hurt a woman, you know? It feels like when men say, well, if you have equality, then I can punch you in the face, right? Like, that's what it feels like. Like, I've always had, like, the new, like, modern Tomb Raider games where every time you die, she gets, like, fucking impaled by a log and eaten by a crocodile and torn apart. Like, it just feels like... So, it just feels like so much, and you're only doing it because she's a woman, you know? Like, it just feels, like, weird and gross, you know? Like, there's definitely a balance to be had. I acknowledge what you're saying, but I also think maybe let's get <laughs> back to it. But ignore it. No, I'm gonna say, maybe let's have this conversation again after you've seen Atomic Blonde, is what I'm gonna say. I think there's also, okay. like, there is a nuance between, like, a, uh... Like, like Grand Theft Auto, where literally right. all you're supposed to do is steal cars and beat women up. Like that's your that's your mm-hmm. goal. Whereas like in this movie, like she a is fighting a lot of women. Like it's woman on woman, <laughs> but like she's like you. She's it's not like wow they're really like that was too violent. And I'm getting to that age where I think things are too violent now. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's yeah. where I'm at mentally. Um, so, yeah. like, I was, like, it all, like, it feels part of the world and it felt grounded enough for me. And, like, mm-hmm. being able to see, like, bruises feels grounded, too. Like, it felt like a little bit, like, that one moment in the first Avengers movie where Clint just gets, like, Hawkeye just gets, like, stabbed to the chest and, like, you feel it. I don't know. Yeah, that felt, yeah. like, really tactile for me. Right. Like that, it mm-hmm. feels tactile. Like this movie, yeah. it fe- like it feels like a little gritty. So I, I don't mm. know. Like you shouldn't like punch women just to punch women. But I am tired of yeah. like, I like when that one in in Infinity War when like the that one daughter of Thanos just gets like exploded and there's just blood on everyone. I was like, 
yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah kill it. Yeah, no, I think I think this movie was yeah kill yeah kill i think this movie was like the perfect level of beating up women like it felt like women were a part of the action and they were fighting super well like it felt it it felt real it didn't feel like too much i was just talking in like a movie violence in general with women and not to just harp on this not to just harp on this forever but my my concise take is i wanted there to be one hand-to-hand fight scene that is just like like anything you see in Winter Soldier, right? Like the fight between Steve and Bucky and Winter Soldier where he's got the knife and they're fighting. Just like one moment where you're just like, it's intimate. It's like two people, they're fighting and the choreography is big and there's like, uh, uh, you just like walk out of it and you're like, holy shit, you know? Like it's stunts and people and it's like nobody's computer graphics and like I just I wanted to, there to be one of those to like show off Taskmaster's bit really clearly and really excitingly make it like an actual like asset of the movie instead of it just being a weird ambiguous piece of world building. I did like when Black Widow attaches the zipline to her back and pulls her up onto the top of the bridge and then he flies up and he cuts it and then he falls back down immediately. <laughs> did you not think that was dope? I no, thought that it. fight was pretty dope. Right. Um because I think they emphasized way more the fact that he's perfectly mastered everybody else's fighting styles right. versus perfectly mimicking Black Widow. Like, they changed yeah. it up a little bit. Like, he definitely is mimicking her at some points during that fight, mm-hmm. but they're focusing on his powers more on the fact that he knows exactly how to punch and fight like Captain America and right. stuff like that. Yeah. You want to know, I was watching Winter Soldier a little while ago, and something kind of clicked for me, which was that, Maybe. like... One of the things that makes those fight scenes in that movie so magical is the way that Chris Evans acts through the choreography. Like, if you if you watch that scene where the two of them are Say fighting... Say that. And you, like... And, and you just, like, pay attention to Chris Evans' face and, like, what he's doing the whole time, he looks like he's fucking scared shitless, you know? He looks like he's, like concentrating mm-hmm. so hard on like fighting this guy <laughs> he's not like stone face like doing his thing he's like uh, he looks like he's yeah. like just barely holding on like the whole time and it is so compelling it's not mm-hmm. like a i'm not trying to like compare it to this movie i was just thinking about that and like it was like an observation i made that i wanted to say on yeah show. that's and it, I, like it's it feels like there is like emotional stakes behind yeah Every like you and you and you've built that up with like a whole other movie and a whole relationship too, and it's it's the same with like Iron Man. Oh, uh, Captain America three. I almost right. said Iron Man three, but that wouldn't be right. With but with Civil War, right. when Where like fights that when, child. The, when the three of them are going off and like, uh, he he uh, like, Iron Man's just like I don't care anymore. Like literally, right. like I hate you. Like you killed my mom. You killed my parents. Right. Like and it feels you feel it. Like, I, I do, I agree. I wish that I just, like, felt, I felt it a little more. Yeah. Like, the, mm-hmm. it is, like, a big thing about, like, people are tired of origin stories now. Right. Which is fair. But, like, the point of an origin story is that, like, at, so you know where, like, their emotional stakes are. Like, that's what's guiding them. You see what's guiding them mm-hmm. as they grow. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know what's, like, the, like, Captain America is guided by, like, A, He's a selfless person, but B, he, like, loves his friend. Right. And with, like, with this movie, it's hard to, like, 
no, like, am I retroactively supposed to go back and, like, I already knew that she was a spy for Russia, and I already knew that, like, it was rough and terrible, like, I could just surmise, but now I'm supposed to be like, oh, and there's this personal person, and this is what Budapest means, and right. this is, like, she had a sister, mm. didn't know that, right. whoa, like, and it's yeah. it, it yeah. feels like, like, it, none of that was informed by, like, her character arc through the rest of the movies, right. so that, I, yeah, I don't know, like, that feels like there, how could they even put that in? Like, what would it be? Where would it? Right. Where would that like big like? This is mm-hmm. the this is the emotional heart right. of the story. Yeah, and I mean we do get a lot of Black Widow's emotions throughout the other films, but especially in Avengers, yeah. I think. But I think it's very it's very subtle. It's not very specific. Mm-hmm. I would say in Civil War is that the one where we find out that Hawkeye has a family. Which film is that? That's, That's Age of Ultron. That is uh, Age of Ultron, Age of which Ultron. I would say Age like of Ultron in- underrated. Absolutely, it's pretty good. we say it all the time. Age of Ultron's, Age of Ultron's very Ultron's good. Pretty good. <laughs> there are like two <laughs> things. There are two very specific things about it that suck, and that's all anybody can talk about. But that movie's good otherwise. Age of Ultron's oh, good. Yeah, and the it's rest stupid. of it is pretty. But I like what Age I was of saying Ultron. is that in Age of Ultron and in Avengers, we very, very, very much talk about her backstory, but like kind of in obscure terms. Right, like right. in Age of Ultron, we talked about the fact that she was in the Red Room and she was like bred and molded and torn apart to be a spy. And that's where we kind of really established that, oh, that she isn't just super powerful, she's been through shit. And we kind of mm-hmm. implied she's a monster because she's infertile, and that's the one bad part that we ignore. Right. But then in Avengers, and we're talking about how, like, she's very clearly ashamed of her past, ashamed of the things she's done as a Russian spy. Mm-hmm. And then when you put those two things together, then you get the Black Widow movie, where it's like, okay, here's all the shitty things she did in the past, and here how she was torn apart, and here's how these things come together for her to try to make yeah. sure that happens to nobody else ever again. And I love, I agree that I don't think the combat is the best that Marvel's ever done, but I think it's very good. I don't think it's bad mm. in any capacity. Right. But I love the dynamic of them fighting people that they don't want to kill. Like, because with, with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, like, th- those are the two people that don't, like, Captain America doesn't want to hurt the Winter Soldier, but then he's fine with kicking the shit out of everybody else. Right. What's fun about this movie is that there's, like, 20 people that we don't want to mm-hmm. get hurt, and all of those people are trying to kill us. Like, I just love that dynamic. Right. Whenever we're fighting a widow or we're fighting Taskmaster, ta- Taskmaster, Taskmaster. She doesn't have a mask. wearing Natasha just so, <laughs> Natasha just so clearly is, like, heartbroken and doesn't want to fight them and wants to help them. That fucking scene where she lets Taskmaster out of the cell so she can escape out of the building, and she knows as soon as she's going to open that door that she's going to try to kill her. (laughs) It's just, oh, so good. Uh, Yeah, I think my thing is just, like, Scarlett Johansson is so, like, she's so talented. Like, she's very a very good actress. And so you Mm you understand where she's coming from in like, throughout the movies, I think it's just the difference between, like, Peter Parker, if you found out, like, this is how he was introduced. He had a hard, like, he lost someone very close to him, and that's why he's Spider-Man now, versus, like, you see Uncle, like, Uncle Ben say, with great power comes great responsibility, he doesn't exhibit that responsibility, and is, like, frivolous with it, and then his uncle dies as a consequence. I feel like that's the difference where, like, you're just missing out on that, like right. I, which mm-hmm. sucks. Like I wish that they we had had that earlier, but right. 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. what but can people, you, like, I, I fucking, we have it now. I hate people. I, like, <laughs> I hate that. No, everyone's like, I fucking hate origin stories. It's like, you need them in order to understand what the character is doing and who that right. character is. Like, what, you just want to skip to the middle of their story? Like, I don't well, understand it. I know that other superhero movies exist. I understand that. But, like... I do feel like we miss a part of that with Tom Holland. He, like, never fucking talks about his uncle and stuff like that. Like, I feel like that's just, like, not a part of his character. I think that, like... Versus, like, Miles Morales, where when we see his uncle get (laughs) shot, you're like, oh, fuck, dude. And, like... And he's like, I let you down, man. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it uh... fucking sucks. You see how important that relationship is to him and how it affects him the rest of the way through the story versus Tom Holland, where we're like, you fucking know, and then we just don't talk about it. Because, like, you fucking know. We're not going to tell you again. I feel like that just sort of speaks to... One of the things I was thinking about when I was watching this is that, like, Phase four, as it were. I'm getting more and more annoyed by the phase terminology with every year that goes by, but, like, phase four really (laughs) feels like Marvel putting their foot down and deciding that they're not going to be afraid of alienating the widest possible audience, you know? Because, like, not only... Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, a combination of things, because it's, like, especially on TV... Not only are they doing weirder things, nor are they doing higher concept things, nor are they only are they doing like featuring smaller characters that the widest possible audience doesn't necessarily care about, but they're also commingling television and movies a lot in a way that's going to be a barrier for entry for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And this movie is a great example of it because it like at the beginning there's not like a title card or anything. It just starts, and you're supposed to kind of know that it takes place right after Civil War, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it, it doesn't make any effort to, like, sit you mm-hmm. down and be like, yeah. so this is where it is, and this takes place in the past. There's not, like, a flash-forward to Bruce Banner at her gravestone at the end of Endgame, and they're like, I remember yeah, the Yeah, which is, like... <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, which, like, for us, we're like... I Like, I think it took me maybe, like, 30 seconds right. post, like, we know initial... It. I was like, okay, yeah, like, a... Co- yeah, like, Accords, we get it. Like, when that whole scene love- where, like, they're trying to arrest her, and she's like, yo, you're out of your league, bro. And they're like, we literally have you surrounded. And she's like, I don't think you do. <laughs> and she's in Norway on, like, a ferry. It's so good. I was, I was like, yeah. thank Jesus. And she's, like, in a, in a hoodie. I love... Like, yeah. but, like, for oh, other people, like you're Tanya like... she looks like Tonya Harding in that scene, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, she does. When she's got, like, her hair, like, tied in the yeah. bag. <laughs> But like, if you're casual or like lower than casual, you're you're like, I literally, what? <laughs> like literally, literally what's she happening? died last yeah. time I saw. No, her. I love what's how they on? use her hair to tell <laughs> you like, where she we was are in the dead. timeline. Was, I thought she was dead. Why are we not acknowledging the fact that she's not dead? <laughs> I guess no. <laughs> I guess nobody in Marvel <laughs> movies ever dies. <laughs> nobody. Yeah, here she is again. Yeah, but no, I love how they use her hair to tell you where we are in the timeline. Like, right, oh, she yeah. has a red hair, and then she, like, looks at the blonde dye, in, like, in the beginning, and then, like, puts it down, and you're like, oh, because in fucking whatever movie she has blonde hair, and then in Endgame, she's got the red and then the blonde yeah. hair, and it's like, ugh. And then she dyes her hair blonde at the end of the movie. Yeah. I think that's super fun. Which is one of those things that I think people goof on way too much. Because, like, one of the staples of this whole franchise is that, like, every character in every movie has, like, a slightly different look. 
Their costumes are different. Their facial hair is different. Their hairstyles are different. Constantly, constantly, like every character in every movie has like some unique feature about them in this story, you know, like physically. And, you know, mm-hmm. Black Widow is just a woman, so she has more hair and more noticeable hair. So it just sort of sticks in the mind a little bit more. She's but, just like, a woman. Riffing, like people <laughs> yeah. like bag on Marvel for being like, oh, Black Widow's got to have a different hairstyle every time. It's like everybody has a different hairstyle every time. They always do. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just don't notice because they're men. Yeah, exactly. Um, Loki's hair is wild, bro. <laughs> yeah, Loki's hair Have you seen hair has Thor 1 recently? Bit. Yeah. Literally. That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> um, it's Tom Hiddleston's real hair in Thor 1, pretty much. <laughs> and then by... Yeah. by I, it's like it's like a normal enough haircut. And right. then by... like Same with, same with like uh, Thor. They are just like... Balls to the wall, wild wonky. <laughs> yeah. Like haircuts. You literally see Thor get a haircut right. in Thor right. Ragnarok. Yeah. So who's the real hair goddess? Yeah. And I also, I, have to say. I just wanted to acknowledge, first of all, okay, multiple things. I, I was very torn right at the beginning because I was excited about the fact that they had like an honest to God, like opening title sequence. Because movies don't really do that very much anymore, and Marvel movies especially have never really done that. So I was like, mm-hmm. this is different and cool, and I like this. But the fact that it was set to a slowed-down trailer song version of Smells Like Teen Spirit sucks. That is the worst. So I I was going to bring that Why up. Why is that a because staple the of only female other, superheroes? <laughs> I guess because I, was, I literally sat there thinking, I was like, I am so mad about this like why <laughs> yeah, can't no, it just it be creepy orchestration yeah. like just weird cellos because the only i was thinking through so then i instead of enjoying it i'm sitting there <laughs> yeah. thinking what other movies in the marvel canon did like a pop like a straight up pop song because there's also that scene where she's like there's literally just like an adele song playing in the car or something right. and she's like singing along which it's, i was like yeah. i was like that's just like a little too far for me like it just feels like it's a little too like she's a girl she's feminine right so we had captain marvel had all of the like no doubt i'm i'm just that was maybe the worst needle drop in cinema history i hated that literally literally (laughs) yeah that sounds like it's so angry yeah and then the only other thing i could think of was when iron man says i'm iron man and then cut to credits (laughs) and then i i am iron man and that's the only one that i i could think of Wait, but like, are yeah. you talking about just using Which sucks, pop songs that in Marvel movies in general? Rules. That's an awesome montage. No, but like, because Guardians I mean, of the Galaxy like, is like a franchise like that, built on which, pop songs. That's I. Th- that's different. Okay. That's different, though. That's different. Where I, where I was just thinking, like, in these like more gritty, grounded, right. like, like, I, I don't know. It just it felt like a like a. This is a. This is what feminine. This is what femininity is like. Right. Let me like. Have you seen the ha- any of the Handmaid's Tale? Like it just felt no. like the Handmaid's Tale. I read the book and it's, though. Like but... that's what its soundtrack sounds like a lot of the time. Uh, well, 
There you I go. The, uh, well, I was going to say, what took me out of it, what ruined it for me, was that in the year 1990, her little sister has an <laughs> alicorn Twilight Sparkle doll. Are you fucking kidding me? It's from, 1995. Uh, from Friendship is Magic. Are you fucking, <laughs> you true. think you could get that shit past me, Marvel? You sons of bitches. I don't think it was Do a Friendship is Magic. I research. did. God, unwatchable. I don't think, it, no, there was, Rarity existed before then, though. Like, you know. No, uh, it's not, it's Twilight Sparkle. <laughs> It's the Friendship oh, is, is it? Magic okay. Twilight Sparkle because the original sure? Twilight Sparkle was white with pink hair. It's that Twilight Sparkle, and she's right. also an alicorn, which happens later in that series. <laughs> it is specifically Twilight Sparkle when she's a princess stuffed animal. In the year 1995, I don't fucking think so, Marvel. Get out of here. CinemaSins, did you get that one? Hello. Okay. All right. CinemaSins, write that down. <laughs> CinemaSins? Um, <laughs> uh, oh, what was I going to... I liked that they had, they had like, Natasha's hair, like, that she had it dyed back right. then. Like, I thought that was a fun, like, I know. poking at the people who were like, oh, she dyed her hair blonde. Yeah. Ooh. That little girl like, looks a lot like She's always, yeah. like... She does. Yeah. This, that's good casting. I love that little girl. She yeah. just looks also, so much just like a tomboy young girl. I love that so yeah. much. She wasn't like cute. Uh, she didn't have like curled blonde hair or whatever. Like she just looked like a regular little girl. It was so nice. Yeah. Um, I wanted to point out, because I'm a weird nerd who's really obsessed with billing and credits, but I just want to say the last three credits of the movie uh-huh. are, first of all, two different people get withs because it's with Ray Winstone with uh, William Hurt and Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss getting the and, which I was not expecting. But also, William Hurt getting the with in the opening credits for, like, two minutes of screen time is insane. Like, I can only imagine, like, <laughs> that's the sort of thing that just, like, projects that they had to try really hard to convince him to be in this movie. Like, they had to give him a lot of really nice things, like a whiff in the opening <laughs> credits. Yeah. He must have gotten paid, like, $2 million to be in this movie. That's what mm. I suspect. I don't think... <laughs> I suspect that William Hurt is not That's under contract anymore, and now every time they think it might be fun to use him, they have to renegotiate. That's just what I think is going on there. That's a good, Maybe that's a good credit. Have. Like, I, re- I remember in high school, we had, like, they had bows, you know, where, right, right. like, they were tracked out. And I remember there was one time that someone had, like, a really long one, even though they weren't, like, the main character. <laughs> right. And our teacher was like, yeah, in the Broadway version, this was, like, a veteran actress. And so right. she legitimately, in her contract, said that she had a longer bow than everyone else. Right. So just, like... <laughs> milk it i guess <laughs> enjoy it you're just like go for it I guess, sure <laughs> like, so you know you gotta you negotiate to for what you got that up there yeah listen that was I, whipping is coming back <laughs> is it it's back 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 again Are you sure no okay. is it? but i did i learned that i learned that replay by ayaz was a was a tiktok sound recently what is that that's not ponder replay. Do you know is the, it? it's shoddies like oh, shoddies right, right, like yeah. a melody in my head. That's a good song. That song oh. from like when we were in middle school. Right. Yeah. It is a good song. <laughs> it's a good song, and I I I sang it in front of some eight year olds. I just went shoddies like a melody in my head, and they sang it back to me, and I was like it. 
I I literally thought I stepped into it like a the Twilight Zone <laughs> or like an alternate universe where I was like ten years in the past right. somehow. And I said, "How did you know that song?" Mm-hmm. And they were like, "It was on TikTok." And I I my heart broke a little bit, but then I was also like, "Thank God you that this song well. is still alive yeah. with the with the Youngs." And I then this morning amazing. I learned yeah. that that was like six months ago. So. <laughs> Like, I talked to eight-year-olds, and then I talked to a 16-year-old, and she was like, yeah, that was a TikTok sound, like, a long time ago. It's not really one anymore. And I was right. like, all right, cool. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And then just smacked her. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was thinking about, because um, if you guys if you guys weren't caught up on Falcon and Winter Soldier, Hitting basically the, the, the bit of Julia Louis-Dreyfus in it is that she... Uh, like right at the end of the series when uh, uh, Wyatt Russell uh, is like kind of at the end of his story, she just like shows up and is just like, she she's like reverse Nick Fury. It seems like she's just like coming around and like talking to like disgraced superheroes and seems to be, uh, you know, like getting them in for something. So it looks like, Wyatt Russell and Florence Pugh, at least, are going to be a part of something later down the line. Um, it's uh, probably good probably group. Thunderbolts would be my guess would be what they're doing. Like, I don't think they're going to do Dark Avengers. I think Thunderbolts would be more interesting. But um, I'm just excited about it. I think Julia Louis-Dreyfus is so fun. And just, like, Wyatt Russell and Florence Pugh are yeah. both, like, the best parts of the things they were in. So, like... I don't know. I just mm-hmm. hope I hope we Absolutely. keep rolling with it and we'll get a like kick ass Thunderbolts TV show probably. Oh, White Russell yeah. is so good. Uh, and in... Florence Pugh, liter- I'll say it in anything. White Russell in anything yes. is just dynamite dynamo. Uh that one episode of Black Mirror. Uh, sure. So good in it. It's been um, zero days. The, the woman in the window. Woman in the window. He is pretty good in that. I'm not even gonna lie. He's compelling. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah, but Wyatt Russell is just like top tier. Overlord. Oh, oh. That's oh, right. He oh, is oh, an oh. Overlord. Oh Lord. I remember thinking he was Charlie Hunnam most of the time, but he's not. He's Wyatt Russell. I feel like, Jackson, maybe you're just having a hard time identifying people, because that was also a passenger's problem for you. I have that problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What? Wait, what? I have that problem with identifying who people are. You have to tell me three things about (laughs) that person before I know who the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) Your audio cut out, so I thought you are just raising your hand to speak. (laughs) I was like, go, go. I didn't do that earlier. Like, for the... Yeah. For the first time in the world, we we're taking turns, <laughs> turns. to talk. Yeah. Um. Also, um, I feel like we haven't talked about David David Harbor enough. The red, the red streak. Right, right. What's his the name? red guardian. The red, the red guardian. Yeah, no, he does he's just so, so fun. He's the, and yeah, he's the second best part of the movie. Yeah, and yeah. also, how many other movies does he need to play a red superhero? Because, anyone remember? Anyone remember Hellboy? Probably not, because it didn't do very well. But I'm like he's just like the all of the times where he was trying to emotionally connect to right. N- Natasha and like apologize to her, and it just kept failing. And that scene when he legitimately is like trying to console Yelena, and yeah. but doesn't know how because he like cannot yeah. empathize, like yeah. just straight up 
does not know how to empathize. Mm-hmm. And then he, like, tries over and over again and, and tries with that, like, fishing story, <laughs> like, which right. is hilarious. Yeah. And then legitimately, like, turns to a moment where he sings her her favorite song and, like, that's actually a very sweet, touching <laughs> yeah. thing. Like... That's just range. That's range. I don't know what to tell you. And it's That's like range. I feel That's like it's range, speaks, baby. <laughs> I feel like it speaks to a very particular phenomenon too, which is just like of men who are sort of like afforded the the privilege of being like optimistic and perky and you know are are like just generally less beat down by the world than the women in their life are and it's just like a a and an mm-hmm. odd an odd power dynamic where it's like a perfectly acceptable thing of like being happy like it's not like that's ever a bad thing but like trying to you know carry that on to the people in your life that you carry about but having them like be resentful of it <laughs> you know just like feels like a, a phenomenon mm-hmm. I've seen in the real world that comes through and I also just think like mm-hmm. oh, that he's like the perfect shitty dad. Like, he's yeah. self-absorbed <laughs> and cannot relate to anybody. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it does have, like, that, like... Like, I hate the word toxic, but, like, that toxic happiness, you know? Where he's just yeah. like, oh, everything's cool. What are you guys upset about? And it's yeah. like, here's and a, each- a bullet list. And, like, the like yeah. the part oh, that part where he's like, I don't understand why you're so upset. And she's like, you literally said I that you fucking hated raising me. That I was the chore that you didn't want to deal with. Like, that was, like... Woo, that was that was good for a shitty family. And like I I love how like the difference between the way Florence Pugh and Scarlett Johansson react to the whole situation is so fascinating. Because like you can tell like Scarlett Johansson like mm-hmm. Black Widow was obviously like older when this was all happening. She was like more aware of it, but Florence Pugh was very young and was just like like Natasha had like an awareness of the fact that it was all kind of a farce, whereas Florence Pugh just didn't because she was that much younger. Mm-hmm. And, like, the way the two of them think about and interact with that with that time in their lives is really different because of it. Uh, whereas, like, Natasha's like, stop trying to pretend mm-hmm. like we're a family or whatever. And Florence Pugh's like, why won't you act like we're a family? <laughs> you know, they, like, want exactly the opposite things in a way that I think is yeah. really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so cool how, like, each of the... Like, each of them, like, sans Yelena, Yelena, (laughs) like, they, they go through different phases at different times, which is, like, fun for wacky hijinks, where, like, this was never a real family, but also this was, like, the best time of my life, and these are the only people that I care about. Right. Like, they go through these different Mm -hmm. crests, and it creates, like, such fun dynamics, because they're all over the place, where, like... And it takes Natasha the longest to come around to it and, like, admit that, yeah, like, like, you legitimately cared about these people, whether you liked it or not. Right. And, like, they they matter to you. That's part of it. And and Mm -hmm. that's that's cool. That's and that's also relatable. Like, that's something (laughs) that's not just like a hashtag girl boss problem. But like, everyone (laughs) has that. Like, everyone is like, I don't know how to reconcile, like. The fact that my parents are subject to, like, their weird political propaganda of their time. Right. And I'm subject to the weird political propaganda of my time. And we cannot see eye to eye on this. Right. But we care about each other anyway. Right. So, like, now what do we do? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's that they that's what this movie right. is partially about. Yeah, totally. And that's yeah. cool. And I mean, like I said, I feel like I feel like the things that are great about this movie are like those moments. Like the 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 like peak part of the movie is like that sequence in the house and like Yeah, the weird and yeah, just a lot of the times, like some of the, when you're like so into those scenes, like those big exploding action sequences could kind of feel like vegetables sometimes. But like, I think the one where they're breaking <laughs> uh, David Harbour out of prison is really good because it's kind of the best of both worlds. You're like getting a lot of interaction between the two of them and, you know, how how the dad is like mm. doing the worst possible yeah. job of like surreptitiously breaking out of prison. And, like, starting an avalanche and, like, everything goes wrong and they're like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, like, it, it's just, yeah, Also, I don't know. When, when she's like, this would be a cool way to die. <laughs> right. Yeah. I like that a lot. I love her so much. Oh, this is the last thing I kind of wanted to say, like, big picture, which is that, like, the biggest thing that I got hung up on with this movie was that I was just kind of unclear about, like, the circumstance in general because they've got this powder that undoes mind control, which is like, sure, I don't know, it's a little convenient, but I'll let it slide. And so all the Red Room widows are literally mind controlled now. But that wasn't the case like before. A or was it? Like when when Natasha got mm-hmm. out. Like, she wasn't being was, literally yeah. mind-controlled, was she? She was not. No. Like, she, I think it's just, like, like you know, like, Red Sparrow. Did right, you, right, right, Did you watch that movie with right. Jennifer, with Lawrence? <laughs> what? But, like, they, like, they are physically pig, stop breathing, being mind-controlled right. now. And I thought that they were going to, like, it was going to be revealed that, like, Melina is the one who, like, derived the serum and she was, like, a sleeper agent. Like, she was the owl in Attack on Titan or whatever. (laughs) But that didn't, that never happened. And I did like that she was, like, I, like, I, I envy you. Like, how did you break free? Like, I, like, I've been in this cage my whole life. And, like, Mm -hmm. we are, like, from the same circumstance. Talking about cycles of abuse. Yeah. yeah, like, you can be a victim and still create victims yourself. Yeah. Like, they are mm-hmm. not, like, independent of each other, which is, like, a really cool nuanced take to, like, for this movie to, to take. Right. Which is cool. Um, but why didn't they just say, like, yeah, Melina figured out the serum, but, like, there's nothing, like, she didn't feel like she could do anything about it or something, right. you know? Like, and, and what I was... Uh, yeah, it was kind of thing, just, like, like I think some it's... spies that escaped made it, because that's who she kills right. at the beginning of the movie. It's just, like, it's just, like, not important. We're like, we have right. this, here's what's happening. It's like, yeah. okay, great. I was I was totally... I, like, made the call to myself halfway through. I was like, I bet the post credit scene, they're gonna be like, oh, thanks for inventing that powder, somebody funny, and they would, like, pan around, and it would be, like, I don't know, like, oh. Phil Coulson or something, or, like, something dramatic, I don't know. Didn't work out that <laughs> but, De- uh, Not dead. But the... I thought it uh, would be Hank Pym, honestly. Is no, he yeah, dead? Maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> no, he's still kicking around. Alive. Uh, but, but, like... He's still somewhere. Because, so, like, that's a little unclear. Like, I'm not exactly sure what the circumstances are. But, like, you know, now maybe I understand. Like, the, the physical mind control is, like, a recent development. Cinema sense. Write it down. <laughs> um, but I also think, like, 
if the mind controls are recent development, what were they doing before that? And if they were still in this system before that was just they were mental being, conditioning. Right. But before they were being literally mind controlled, if you undo the mind control, what's really that different besides that now they're back to where they were three years ago? when they were still in this system, you know? Maybe. Like, why are they behaving like, as if they're just, like, freed now yeah. when they get when they get demind-controlled if they had only started being mind-controlled recently? Well, if maybe because they're just sense. doing the mind-control instead of all of the steps before. What if they're just only doing the mind-control now? Yeah. That, that would That's make sense That's what I was thinking. Before it's maybe, being yeah, mind that, like, they're like, this she is, was in the system It's, like, cheaper. For, yeah. But she was... I, but she was younger... Then and like Natasha had already been in the system already a little bit, right? Like she was, yeah. They, like they plucked her out and put her in there, and then the, uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I don't know, like generation. It also like kind of broke my brain. You had the mom, like and that, then you have Natasha, was, and then you have the little sister, and they've got all got different yeah. technology controlling them. Yeah, which you know, hello, like that's how I don't understand TikTok, and my sister's four years younger, right. and is just like mm-hmm. TikTok master. Um, I just didn't, I just didn't get that, I didn't get that brain juice, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I just, I figured that I, yeah, they would, I figured they would have like done more to like just explain steer that. us yeah. through the pig stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially since like mind control is already a part of the MCU. Like we right. already have seen. Bucky we, we touched to on it. We touched upon it. We're like, that's where we but got this the info. Is, yeah. With what the shit that they did yeah. with the Winter Soldier, we like, we stole that. We're doing that also. Yeah, it would so have been like, fucking okay. nice to have had that I, I, I like eight it. movies ago. And we were trying to figure out what's up with Bucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were like, uh, but that's, but he was programmed with words. They were programmed with chemicals. True, 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 true. So that's the diff. But then also, yeah, they were never like, this is how they be. They said this is how you undo it, but they never said this is how we did it. Exactly. This is just right. like a. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I'm free. Right, yeah. A little. I thought. I thought it was like Scarlet Witch stuff. Like Maybe, they like yeah. derived a compound from her or something because it well, looked like. Well, but then like see if they ma- explain magic- it, then you're gonna get the people who are like Marvel always makes bu- a bullshit science <laughs> and it explains it to you, and it's like, what do you want, citizens? Yeah, what do you true. want from us? <laughs> yeah. Someone tell me what's right. Uh, is yeah. it what is right? Is it the Hulk sitting there and explaining weird metaphysics to like bald Tilda? Tilda, <laughs> right? Is that what it is? I, I think, think it is. is. I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think the problem is not that we don't understand like the 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 scientific you know ideas behind it. Like you can tell me like there's we a just don't understand undoes. the timeline. Yeah, we don't understand the timeline. We don't understand what it is that we're yeah. undoing. Like it is. It is. You know. You don't have to be hyper specific. Yeah. But you need to be more specific than you were, <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about uh, yeah, yeah. Ray Winstone? See, I was going to say... Balance. I just wanted to say Beowulf himself, Ray Winstone, very good in this movie. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> I was going to say, Keisha got to mention Black Mirror, so I get to mention Bioshock, that this mo- movie de- delves in a lot of the same themes that Bioshock 2 does. It's all about, like, who's your real family and chemical mind control and all that stuff. Very good. I was going to say, this movie is a lot like uh, The Incredibles. It is. Um, I don't know. It's not. No, it's not, really. <laughs> I was I like, The Incredibles. It's a this superhero is, it's family. It's the 
turns out super strong. Hello. <laughs> you just agreed. Oh, right? their love makes them it. stronger, Jackson. <laughs> Yeah. They're the uncredibles because uh, they're bad guys sometimes. Yeah. yeah, it's just so funny. Like Ray Winstone as the like fucking Russian ass mega villain. He's like so great at it. Yeah. I mean, he's no, he's no uh, Kenneth Branagh in Tenet, but he's up there. But like, it just always makes me think. No, like, he does give Emma, me Anna. Danny DeVito vibes sometimes in this role. Right. Is that just me? But it just cracks me up that like Ray Winstone. He's not a young man. He's probably like 70 something at this point. And he no. was Beowulf. He was, you know, the actor who played Beowulf in that movie. He was probably like yeah. 60 years old when he did that. Like, he was not a young man. So I don't know why, why he was <laughs> well, the guy. Let's do yeah. some mathematics. <laughs> like, how old was Ray Winston when they made Beowulf? Um, yeah. I, cause I saw Beowulf in theaters, but I was definitely too young to be seeing Beowulf in theaters. Again, <laughs> Gary, he loves have. he loves Bobby Z. Right. He loves a Bobby Z. And what can you do? Beowulf came out but, in two thousand seven. It it's a good movie. Add it. To... Yeah, and Ray. So Winston I didn't prepare is... a creepy pasta this He's week only because 64 I had a feeling right we were gonna talk He's only for 64? three hours. So just so you know, <laughs> he's. He's 64, and that was 2007. That was like 15 years ago. years ago. So he was like 50. So he was like f- not bad. just like 50 like the playing, Rock or whatever. The, playing the buff action star in a movie for the first time. People do that, though. People do that still, you know. Have you heard of Samuel L. Jackson? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but Samuel Jackson has said, like, stop making me run. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought... I thought this is I this I thought this was gonna be like our um like our opening little buff, but I just remembered this was a bit in our friend group for a long time where uh if you had to get knuckle tattoos where you only have eight <laughs> letters right. like four and four yeah. like Bailable? what is the best one and Karl Marx oh Karl wait Mark. no but <laughs> like that's what David Harbour has right. Karl Marx bam bam oh, Alexi and that. That was literally all I could think well, of when okay, he, wait. I saw that. <laughs> I thought at one point, I thought at one point that it said Mark with a K. Did you, I think it was just Karl Marx. Because I, because I, there was at one point when it made me think that it might've just been Mark with a K and maybe it was just kind of a bit that maybe he had two friends named Carl and Mark. Who died, and so he's commemorating them in that Because <laughs> I just think that would be funny. <laughs> no, I still think he should no, have Iron Man tattooed He's Russian. Yeah. It's a Carl. It's a communism joke. I know. What are you talking about? But I think it would be a next yeah. level joke okay. if it's a Carl I was just Mark, like, or maybe he like misspelled it, like doesn't know it. I don't know. I think it's funny. Because he's dumb. And, yeah, yeah, maybe it's just. That was something that I was like, that's so fun for us because we were always like, what's the funniest knuckle tattoo combo you can <laughs> right, get? Yeah. I feel like Karl Marx is a good one. Right. That's a pretty it's good, good that's one. That's up there. <laughs> but I, I said Beowulf. Just, I never considered Beowulf on your knuckles. Yeah, Beowulf, Beowulf is, is a good, good one. I feel like we had so many good ones, but this bit is like three or four <laughs> right. years old at this I mean, point. Yeah, this is an old bit. This is an Iron Man 3 bit. will always be the best one. <laughs> Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man 3 is just the best one. So if you're a real fan of the podcast, then you would get an Iron Man 3 Knuckles tattoo uh, 
Right. That's, all, that's all I'm saying. So um, I once I get like around you, to making stickers I'll... for Twitch, that's going to be one of them. <laughs> yeah. I, that's so funny. Um, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to I wanna make note of. This year is just so crazy because, like, Marvel, you know, Marvel, like, halted production uh-huh. for, for, like, you know, maybe six months, like, during the pandemic before they, like, started back up again. But they have not been able to put out a movie for basically, you know, a year and a half before this. So like this year they are so backed up with content that like, <laughs> it's literally, we've already had <laughs> WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki, and now Black Widow. And we've still got what if, and Hawkeye and Miss Marvel are all still supposed to come out this year, as well as Eternals and uh, yeah, Shang-Chi and lot. Spider-Man. Like those <laughs> things are all coming out. This year and it's July. It's just like constant. Elin and I were like, we're literally, (laughs) we're like, what's even coming out next? Like, what is the timeline? It's Shang-Chi It's crazy. It's just like so chock full. Okay. Because I was like, I know that Spider-Man is Christmas, but it seems like how could they possibly have that done? (laughs) But also a whole 18 months Uh, went by and it feels basically like it's 2019 still. (laughs) So who knows? Yeah. I like, I will, I'll say like my recommendation for this movie is I personally thought it was really good. I really loved it. I, I, it was, it was, this is a good movie. It feels good. There are some things where I, I was like, Oh, I wish they did this earlier or like whatever. But I will say that sitting there in that theater and having the lights get dark and then the Marvel (laughs) credits started, like so many people who were there were just, everyone was just like, ah, yes. (laughs) Like I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now. Like it's just, it's special. Yes. (laughs) Like, and the the TV shows are good. Like it's all good content, but like seeing it in a movie theater, it it just, It's it feels it fe- it sparks joy, you know. Right. Like so, I would <laughs> highly recommend. Favorite. Highly recommend. This is for you too, Adeline. That if you are fully vaccinated and you are safe and you feel like it's responsible, <laughs> like buy a ticket and go to the yeah, movies. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's it feels great. It's good. awesome. It's so good. Those all those fireflies, <laughs> all the you get to see the red room and all its blazing glory. Like, uh, like go buy a ticket. Go buy a movie uh, ticket. And go see it oh, in the theater. And speaking of, don't, of Hawkeye, don't give Disney Plus thirty fucking dollars. <laughs> don't do it. And um, I was gonna say, speaking of Hawkeye, I was bummed at the way they handled Taskmaster in this movie. But there's another Marvel character who has like almost exactly the same shtick, which is Echo, and she's gonna be in the Hawkeye TV show. So maybe we'll get another crack at it. Maybe they'll do something cool there. <laughs> so there you go. Um, (laughs) we'll try again see how that goes you want to know what is fascinating to me so echo the character is a native american woman who is deaf and they they did find and cast Mm -hmm. a deaf native american woman in the hawkeye show which must is gotta be just like a gargantuan achievement in casting like that casting pool must be so small to like find somebody who fits those criteria and who is good and it just shows you 
Yeah, and it just shows you that every time they're like, well, we couldn't find an autistic person, that they're just spewing bullshit and they just right. didn't try that hard or weren't willing to yeah. work with an actual a person who actually had that disability. Right. Like, it's just, like, yeah, we just didn't give a shit before, but now we did, so we were able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. This, the, the month of disability pride, which... <laughs> right. I've learned recently thanks to my sister. Yeah. Yeah. But Which like, I'm very thankful at, that like, people have educated me about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, disability, I feel like, even though, like, you know, people of color, like, brown, yellow, blackface is still, like, happening too frequently in media, because if it happens at all, it's bad. Um, Sorry, but, like, Scarjo. People, like, people with disabilities like hardly ever get to play themselves. Right, like right. it's always like if you're in a, we literally we talked about it on like Avatar a little bit last week. Yeah. But like if you are in a wheelchair for real, like you're like they're like, "Oh, we wanted a flashback scene where they could walk around." So right. then, and with mm. Avatar it's a little different, but like yeah. Glee, sorry. Right. <laughs> like there's well, the thing, a character right? who is in a wheelchair for no reason. <laughs> right. Like that there's no reason why he should he should be walking. Like, other than a couple times he has a, I wish I could walk montage where he's dancing. <laughs> right. Like, well, and that's, that's the stupid. thing. Like, and it's almost becomes this, like, chicken or egg thing where it's like, you know, if you're somebody who's born with a disability, if you're, like, a paraplegic or you are, like, wheelchair bound, like, how many of those people are going to commit themselves to the craft of acting? Like, knowing the world that we live in you know it well just, you know so it's yeah it, which mm-hmm. is you know exactly i'm not at all trying to like say they, they couldn't cast it but like mm-hmm. it, that in and of itself makes that like pool of contestants like so 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 much smaller and like because that's what i mean mm-hmm. like when i talk well, about I mean, it's the exact same I also situation with like women that, in style in, in stem Right, yeah. But I also want to say, first of all, I want to say that the woman who's playing Echo has a great name. Her name is Alakwa Cox. Which is just great. I like Alakwa. Um, but, like, you know, as a, as a <clears throat> segment of the American population, like, <laughs> you know, a, a 20 to 30 year old Native American woman who is deaf is probably, like, a couple hundred people, <laughs> you know? And to pick one person out of that who is a good enough actress who has studied acting enough to be able to like competently play a character is spectacular it's so crazy it just blows my mind that they were able to like put that together the way that they did yeah i think as like the further we get is the better like the fewer like little people who have to play like exclusively trolls elves or whatever goblins and ghoulies or whatever (laughs) like Mm -hmm. every time i see one i just i get i'm like uh like why not another elf like why (laughs) why you don't need to do that but like it it doesn't happen as frequently because shocker like little people are human beings (laughs) with acting abilities and like and if anyone has taught us anything it's that What's his, like, Peter... Peter Dinklage. Peter... Dinklage. Yeah, yeah, Peter Dinklage. He is very good. Very good actor. And hello. Mm-hmm. Cast him in everything. Well, and thank you very much. And that's so funny with little people because yeah. it's almost like the opposite problem of what I was just saying. Because, like, little people know 
that there's good money for them in show business. So if anything, little people are probably like yeah. one of the mm-hmm. most overqualified minority groups when it comes to acting talent that, that there are. Cause they, <laughs> they know it's a good, it's a good place for them yeah. to go make some money. Well, when it, and that's also, there's like a different history. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let, I do. Yeah. We can talk. Ooh, Ooh, a little, a little extra podcast <laughs> where we talk about the history of yeah. like side shows in America. Yeah. <laughs> We'll do that when we watch Greatest that. Showman. That's what we'll do. <laughs> okay. I'll but talk about Greatest Showman. I was going to say, That's I do feel a little we bit weird do. when we do, like, uh, when we when you talk about, like, fantasy dwarves and stuff. Like, I do, I obviously, I don't think that little people should have to only be able to play fantasy characters because they're real human people. That Duh. End of sentence. But at the same time, when I ha- when there's like an opportunity to play a little person and then it's played by someone who's regular height, it's like kind of like weird and i get that it's still a fantasy yeah, dwarf sword. but at the same time having to be a full-grown person when it could have been a little yeah. person is weird i don't know what to do about it's it it's like <laughs> like i'm getting i've been getting mad about the snake eyes movie because like henry goulding right. henry, henry goulding he's like not even japanese <laughs> he's like half chinese right. like me yeah so <laughs> but also i'm I, i'm also like why are they even doing another another yeah. freaking kung fu the samurai sword movie anyway but then i'm gonna get mad about casting like you know there's everyone people like me are always gonna get mad if it makes you feel better that movie is going to sell exactly two tickets in the continental united states so <laughs> i know i actually the second trailer that that i saw the one that played for black widow i was like actually this kind of looks pretty good it might be. <laughs> i don't know people don't give a half of a fuck about gi joe anymore though like that was literally that why it became like a punchline <laughs> yeah. about like the state of IP driven Hollywood, like two minutes after it came out and they made a sequel and they were like, Oh, we can't keep getting away with this. And they're like, what if we rebooted it? It's like, no, nobody's going to come out for this. It's not going to happen. But I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's going to be egg on my face. Maybe it's going to be the highest grossing movie of all time. Maybe it's going to dethrone avatar. Maybe. Henry Golding becomes yeah, box office royalty. Yeah, it's gonna win four Oscars. Yeah. yeah, but like, I bring this up though because it makes me think like, God, I wish like an Asian person could just play a role without like having right. to explain that they're Asian. But then I also mm-hmm. I like Crazy Rich Asians. I love because like they are they are celebrated things that don't even have to be explained, which I think just results in like we just. The market is super undersaturated, so, like, we keep comparing, like, how come we don't have enough, like, uh, dark-skinned Latinos? How come we don't have enough Asian Mm -hmm. representation? How come we don't have enough, like, disability, like, people with disabilities Mm -hmm. playing themselves? And it all comes back to Hollywood, Mm -hmm. man. A documentary This is what Mankiewicz was talking about. Mankiewicz told us. He told you. See, an amazing documentary that I think everybody should watch little bit of a content warning because it's talking about the history of trans media. So some of it's messed up because trans media is sometimes messed up in the past. <laughs> but it's Disclosure on Netflix. I think it's a wonderful documentary of talking about tra- trans people media, specifically like in film and TV. And th- there's a quote from one of the people that I that they interviewed that I absolutely love. And they say that the problem with trans media is that there just needs to be more of it. So that when something is sloppy or a little bit weird or a little bit off, it doesn't matter 
because there's so much of it. Like, that some of it is going to be amazing and some of it's going to be bad, but it doesn't matter because there's enough of it to create, like, a full scope of just what it means to be trans. And I think that's, like, so true with anything. Like, with little people. If there was just more content of little people when it was just, like, a little bit weird or maybe you felt like it wasn't the best use of that person's Mm -hmm. skills, it didn't matter because there was so much more of it that could have been better or worse or whatever. Yeah. Same with, like, female-led superhero movies. Like, three exactly main female superheroes in, and it's already, like, right. balancing itself out a little yeah. bit. So, mm-hmm. crazy. I think that... Crazy what diversity <laughs> will do for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to... I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're... I feel like we're pretty ready to wrap up. I thought I had something to say, but I got distracted looking yeah, at... Yeah, I'm tired. Uh, Letterboxd <laughs> reviews, but, um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think this movie works. I think we like it. Yeah, have it. fun um, editing this episode, Jackson. Uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Um, I just wanted to think about, yeah, no, like, the I only love thing, this movie. if we want to... I think it's great. I would say it's the best female superhero movie. Um, I don't know. Wonder Woman 1's pretty fucking good. Wonder Woman 1 is pretty great, but I... she is the only woman in it, aside from, like, her f- mom. Are we doing? Are we gonna do ratings? Cause I'm my ranking goes from bottom to top. Wonder Woman 1984, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman. This movie. Right. So mm-hmm. any other? Where would any you put Birds of Prey in there? I think I would yeah, Birds put of Birds of Prey, of Prey Birds on top of, Prey. of Wonder Woman just because it's more fun than Wonder mm. Woman. I don't think it's better than Wonder Woman, but I think it's more fun. If that makes any sense. Birds of Prey That's is fair. one of those movies that has sort of be like I know deep in my heart that I don't like Birds of Prey like that much, but it's one of those movies that like the more distance I get from it, mm-hmm. the more I think like, did I love that movie? Was that movie like incredible? Like I just remember the parts that were cool about it. I'm like, <laughs> Birds of Prey was great? that great? Uh, yeah. And then I I know for a fact if I watch it, I'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot I was annoyed by a lot of this movie. <laughs> But there are a lot of parts that are really good. Yeah. I don't know. And well, if you just like watch an edited version sandwich. of it, that's just all the dope parts. It would be incredible. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> um, do we want to, since this is a Marvel movie, it's sort of the way we have to do it. Do we want to play some speculation game? Do we think, like, obviously it seems like they're setting up that they're going to put Florence Pugh in Hawkeye. Cause like, what else could that have meant? Or like, where else mm-hmm. could that situation play out? Be, if not yeah. in the Hawkeye series, like, yeah. I'm just trying to think, because I'm wondering if they are, like, obviously they're putting together some sort of, like, anti-hero super team, whether it's, like, Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers or what have you. Um, but, like, mm-hmm. I, it's this Marvel thing where it's, like, you, they, like, set something up and they leave a thread hanging that you're, like, waiting for them to pick up. And then you look at their lineup and you're, like, where? <laughs> like, when? Like, what, where would this go? Yeah. Like, the biggest thing that sticks <laughs> mm-hmm. out to me is, like, having, like, evil white Vision, yeah. like, fly off at the end of WandaVision. You're like, where is he going to come back? <laughs> like, in what circumstance? Mm-hmm. Um, where is he going? Team. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, Thunderbolts. It's, like, when? But he's, like, not also, white Vision is, like, back to himself Vision, too, you know? Right. Like, he's, like, I'm Vision. because i i like the idea like between just uh uh joe walker and uh or john walker and florence Pugh, yelena belova i like that the people they're picking up are neither 
they like really and truly are not like super villains and they're also not like you know anti-heroes they're not like the punisher or whatever they're like disgraced superheroes yeah you know they're like people who like are good but are like sincerely yeah. complicated mm-hmm. you know in a way that i think is really interesting and the the character that julia louis dreyfus is playing is madame hydra so so that that throws a wrench in it a little bit but like i'm liking i'm liking this lineup of characters a lot just based on these first two and i bet i bet that is it i bet whatever thunderbolts thing they do i bet they'll rope in white vision into it yeah that's what i'm calling i can see that i i I just don't know when taskmaster is gonna taskmaster scar is gonna come back scarface It's like, I'm trying to remember what it was like, like, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away when, um, like, you saw, like, Nick Fury show up at the <laughs> right. end of, like, yeah. a movie, and then, mm-hmm. and, or, like, Tony Stark showed up in Thor? It was at the end of or, Hulk. I think at the end of Thor? Okay, I couldn't remember which one. Right. I just remember Edward Norton, like, having his moment when his eyes opened green, and then, and then you pan out, and it's actually uh, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but, like, we didn't get, a, like, an explanation about what was going on there for a little while. Right. And I feel like that's, I'm fine with Phase 4 being like, guess what, idiots? Right. We can <laughs> we can still keep you on your toes, and you're going to enjoy yeah, it. Right. And you, you don't, don't need to know the, the answer to everything. Nerd. Yeah. And, and the answer to everything isn't a, a weird demon from another realm, so <laughs> right. stop yeah. asking. Yeah, that's the thing, right? People are always people don't know they're not good at recognizing patterns in these movies because like people go so fucking off the walls when it comes to these theories, and you're like, okay, let's scale it back a little bit, you guys. Jeez. Like, have they ever just like thrown a fucking A-list actor playing an obscure Marvel role in secretly with no warning like that? Like, um, like it would be cool, but they've never done that before, yeah. you know? Um, and like, did you guys hear yeah. about in WandaVision, there is this big theory that, um, because Paul Bettany did an interview at some point, like before the show actually started where they were like, you know, are there? Yes. They asked him, mm-hmm. like, "Are there any like, you know, surprises or anything?" And he was like, "Well, there is. There is an actor right at the end of the series that I'm very excited to work with. It's always been a yes. dream of mine to work with." And he's that referring little, to that little himself because he gets to be both visions. He's like doing a bit, sort of. <laughs> but because people said that, people were like positive that meant that Al Pacino was going to be playing Mephisto. For some reason, like. That coagulated oh into people Wait, thinking, I didn't... <laughs> yeah, people were like so sure that Al Pacino was going to show up as Mephisto at the end. And I was like, you guys are psychos. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to, I get, I have a bad Al Pacino, but he's just like, oh, <laughs> like, oh I'm going to get you, bitch. <laughs> They're like, that's what you want? That is the the conclusion to this? You don't... Yeah, like, that's the huge thing, is that whenever, like, they're doing those press press junket circuits, and they're like, come on, give us a nugget. We want to know the ending. And I think it was... 
I think it was Don Cheadle, and he was like, you guys don't actually want to know. Like, right, you'd yeah. hate it if I yeah. told you. That would suck for you. <laughs> like, I'm not going to tell you, and you don't want to know, so stop <laughs> so asking. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> Is there... Has there ever been a greater discrepancy between the integrity of an actor and the role they are playing than Don Cheadle being in Space Jam, A New Legacy, playing Al G. Rhythm? <laughs> like, <laughs> Don Cheadle <laughs> is like oh my God. one of the classiest actors in Hollywood. <laughs> just like, we'll talk about it next week. I just think it And he really... <laughs> I'm I'm very excited. That will be a very fun and yeah. special episode of this podcast. <laughs> okay, so go ahead, do our do our plugs, Keisha. We'll wrap it up. Okay, I'll try and go fast. Yeah, I'll try not to dawdle or whatever. I I I heard I listened to the rest of the podcast and I'm mad at you. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, if you want, you can follow us on Twitter. You can see all of our Twitter plugs at No Nerds Pod at Hollowback Horse at Jeffrey Peck. If you'd like, you can follow, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, please follow us on Twitch. Ring the bell. Do the thing. We're trying to get to 50. What, what, what? We're at 30. Uh, follow We're Jackson on, follow Jackson on TikTok. True. Uh, it's the same. At Jepper Pack. Yes. He talks about comic books. If you care about comic books and no one else will talk to you, talk to Jackson. <laughs> Don't get mad at him, though. It's just his opinion. Um, also, <laughs> join our Discord. We've been talking about, I think you should leave. We've been talking True. about apples. And we've been talking about uh, the new Marvel What If trailer that dropped. We never really got around to it because we talked about everything right, else. Right, right. But we can talk about it in the Discord. So join us there. Uh, I think that's everything. What's my time, Coach? Sounds great. Uh, fast. Um, <laughs> oh, my My review's on my phone back there. I'll have to get up and get it. But um, huh. before I do that, Dummy. Space Don't Jam. you wish I'd Idiot. stalled? <laughs> You're not fast Oh, enough. you want me to explain Space Jam? No, I just wanted to say, I, I want to get better in the habit okay. of, like, saying what movie we're doing next week at the end. Because we don't always, and I feel like people are surprised sometimes. Space Jam. Next week, we're doing Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, uh, produced by Ryan Coogler, uh, starring Don Cheadle, um, a very classy production, um, definitely. <laughs> and Zendaya. And Zendaya. Uh, yeah, definitely does not feature any Looney Tunes. Are we explaining you know, like the rapping. Um... <laughs> no, let's let's talk about it. Let's also, talk about it first camera. play. Yes, with first play with with uh, Ben and Max from First Play Podcast. Uh, okay, let me get. I gotta go get the thing. Okay, I guess we're not explaining the goof. Should I? Should I? I'll just do it. All right. If you've made it this far, thanks for listening. Um, the thing about the we're trying something new with our our podcast. The uh, with the Space Jam podcast in oh. which it will be an Among Us style. One person out of the group will have not viewed Space Jam <laughs> 2 and they are trying to trick everyone else into thinking that they watched the same movie and everyone else is trying to figure out who's the liar. So it should be fun. There should be hijinks. <laughs> it'll and be it'll amazing. It'll be a little different, but it'll it'll be it'll be entertaining. So uh, okay. join us, won't you? <laughs> yeah. So uh, would you guys like to hear a one star review of Black Widow? I sure would. Great. Thank you for responding on this audio medium. Uh <laughs> First of all, I'm just going to say... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to deal with the <laughs> lag. I don't... <laughs> I, I just... 
<laughs> I didn't know it sounded There's good. There's a lot of okay, issues right. going on. The first thing I'm going to say, a lot of people uh, who need to work on themselves on this review section, if you're watching a new Marvel movie opening day and going and writing fucking angry reviews about how much you hate Marvel movies, uh, you need to, like, just chill. Like, for real. I'm just going to say that. But, uh, so this review comes from Letterboxd, and this person says, I'm going to go see this movie in theaters to laugh at how ass it is, and then boo at the end. Because the MCU sucks. Edit. I will never pirate a movie. So even though this movie is going to suck, I will pay to watch it like everyone else. Period. Oh, they're one of those. Okay, they're one of those. Um, uh, uh, yeah, like, we'll not commit a crime. Fair enough. <laughs> the amount of snobbery um, but, that, like, the I respect <laughs> film too much to pirate and also <laughs> marvelous stinky doo-doo. Like, that, he's that I'm guy. I'm willing to yeah. disrupt the fun theater experience of dozens of strangers. <laughs> For everybody but else. I will not. Was that, was that written by, um, wait, who was, the, who, who was the director that was like, Marvel's not oh, cinema, or whatever, was it? Yeah, it was Martin Scorsese, Scorsese. I couldn't remember Martin who Scorsese. it was. But Imagine like, if you went to a Black what? Widow screening in New York on opening night, and like, the credits <laughs> roll and everybody's clapping, and you just hear like, boo, and you look over and it's Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Queen of mud, <laughs> Queen <Or> of field, <laughs> 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 I don't know. <laughs> Putrescence. <laughs> if you don't like, if you don't like something, just don't, don't watch yeah, it. Just chill. Be chill yeah, about it. If you don't, don't like go something, see it shut up. Night and shut up. Yeah. That people on the internet yeah. need to learn. If you don't yeah. like something, you don't have to look at it. Like, <laughs> it's not required viewing. Yeah. It's not yeah. required. You if can you literally don't turn it off for free. For you, you don't gotta. Yeah. Just. You don't like it? Walk out! Oh, you just saw a twelve-year-old get beheaded by a bull? Walk out of the get movie. Walk, get pick I'm your not ass up some experience. and get out of there. Uh, so anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline McMurray. <laughs> my name is Geisha Rhodes. <laughs> and this has been Noted Aloud. Thank you, everyone. Thank you and good night. Keep it salty out there, soon. Keep it, keep it beefy out there, beef, beef cats. Oh, okay. Keep it beefy, boys. That is. <laughs> I don't know.